0: Engineers and welcome to episode 109 of RPG Digest. In this livestream formatted podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of tabletop role-playing games, and we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxley Auschlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge, maybe an executioner finally again today, if I get lucky. <laughs> unfortunately heathen dog is unable to be with us today but uh him and his family are in our thoughts so it's just gonna be myself and our special guest which i will bring in here in just a moment so we'll say hello to you gentlemen ladies and gentlemen first and who we have here we have L. Elle. L's commenting like three hours ago somebody's been waiting for this that's good stuff right there Hello, Kevin Sullivan, how you doing today? Nerdy Ogres here, Shadow and Son, Shadow and Son. Yes, we will take questions from chat. I do have a list of questions already, however, um, you know. Yeah, Uh, here, how about this? How about if I just jump into this? Because I don't want to keep our guests waiting too much, uh, too long here. Uh, Hello to everybody in chat, though. CBK Ply, Raven Slayer, One-Legged Frog, good to see you. Crafty, you said he couldn't be here. Apparently he snuck in. Have you tithed today, everybody? Have you tithed? (laughs) Get this out the screen for just a second here. I'm not used to doing half a screen here. There we go. Now I can have a full screen. Hey, now I know what's going on. All right, so a couple things that I want to say about today. Uh, first of all, be respectful. If you want to attack me, that's fine. Don't attack our guest. I know you can take it, but you know what? Let's let's pretend like we're reasonable people here for once. Can we try that? Can we try that. Just wondering. Go after me, not not him. Um, dissent is okay. Disrespect? No, I'm I'm not even. I won't even read super chats if they're disrespectful. Uh, but with that. Said, if you've got something that's really irking you or something that's really on your mind, or if you love something, like, I gotta get this out! Gotta say how much I love something! By all means, please do so. Uh, I will monitor chat, but I make no guarantees as far as questions. That's, like, for you, Shadow and Son. I know you said that you might want to put some questions in there. uh, Because... I want everybody to understand this is more of a conversation, less of an interview. Yes, I have questions. They're set up over there on my screen. (laughs) You guys on Discord uh, loaded me up with a ton of questions. But uh, I want to treat this more like a conversation, like we did with Kevin when he was here, and like we did with Mark McKinnon when he was here in the past. And like we've done with Grim, you know. So anyway, uh, Super Chats will be read, again, if they're not disrespectful, but I'm not going to interrupt the conversation for them. Just know I'll star them, and I will get back to them. So... Uh da, 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 anything else I wanna yep, I have to go through the proclivities. I'll do that real quickly. And then just uh just so everybody knows, no matter what you hear, no matter what comes out of our mouths, no matter what comes out of chat, no matter how many times it, Sean punches me in the face, she's not that close, thank God. Uh everything we do here is from a position of love for palladium. Uh, we absolutely are. This is why we have the year of palladium books this year is because heathen dog and I, which it's unfortunate heathen dog can't be here, but we're huge fans of palladium, and so anything that we talk about our loves, our dislikes, whatever comes from a place of actual enjoyment for palladium. All right, before I hit the procliv- ah, proclivities, wow, I can't even say the word now. Thank you, Matt Barninger, for the 199. Do appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, just uh, that's a tablet, right? When it's the 199. I know, I know Man of War does actually six six five every time he does a super chat. I kind of like that. Weird Guy says, I'll be respectful. But if your dice roll a 1 for me, it's getting thrown across the room. Just managing expectations. All right. All right, let me quickly go through the proclivities. And thank you, Weird Guy, for the $10. Really do appreciate that. Uh, let's, uh, let's hit the proclivities because I don't like to keep people waiting. But I've got to do this because there are things that you need to know beforehand and things that I've got to get off my chest. So I can ignore that. Let's start right here. Want to thank all of you wonderful people. Help us through donations, tips, memberships, and already the super chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. And of course the tithes. That's right, crafty. I did see that you tithe today. Thank you very much. The Pope of the Legion. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. You're gonna be the vicar. You're gonna be the Legionist vicar. How about that? Uh, your support helps us to provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to Legionist community as a whole. As you guys know, we like to do the giveaway stuff. Probably too much so for Heathen Dog's taste, but hey. And of course, we cannot ignore you crazy rascals who subscribe to Legion of Myth and hang out with us in our chat during these live streams. Streams, not screams. We don't scream on here. We live stream. But uh, whether you're a chatter, or a lyric, we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission it is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Wounded Warrior Project exists to raise awareness and to enlist the public's aid for the needs of injured service members to help injured service members aid and assist each other and to provide unique programs and services to meet the needs for wounded warriors free of charge. Please refer to the description below for the link, or you can use that little QR code that's right there where you can make your hopefully tax deductible donation. I say hopefully because if I'm wrong, somebody will try to sue me. I know how you people are. If you refer to the description below, you can find links to our various Legion of Myth sites, our social media. I completely forgot to advertise this on on uh, Facebook. See, I'm horrible at social media, guys. Horrible with social media. Anyway, Discord, merch. You can buy a Legion of Myth shirt. Some are family friendly, even, <laughs> etc. Please check those out. Join us and enjoy the swag. Finally, please be sure to like and uh, like this video and subscribe to Legion of Myth. Those actions help the channel immensely. If you have not done so already and of course join us on thursday saturday evenings for twitch yada 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 on fridays and sundays for what you're watching now and lastly you guys pretty much know where we are right just go to youtube you'll figure it out <laughs> all right finally hashtag rpgate we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds and we're gonna be talking about a lot of fantastic worlds today i guarantee that and the focus of your tabletop group should be on role-playing and having a good time core values of hashtag rpgate and any good tabletop group are escapism not representation entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion not forced diversity Whew. all right got all that out of the way so let's welcome our special guest today sean owen robertson of palladium books and pinnacle entertainment group let me get that off the screen ah, there we go all right how are you today sir oh i think you're yep you're still muted Got the little mute. There we go. Ah,
1: There we go. Yeah, I just want to make sure I wasn't burping or something as soon as things started, but there we go. I have a condition called misophonia. I'll probably stab a cat if you do that. (laughs) I'm sorry, Heathen Dog's not here. I was looking forward to the conversation with both of y'all. Yeah, well,
0: and for me, this puts me in kind of a, a spot because he's definitely the riffs guy. I'm not. Uh, mm. uh, so like all, not all, but a lot of the riff stuff was going to come from him where he could be like, yep, OK, I, that's cooler. No, no, no. Where I'm going to sit here and be like, wow, so you're doing stuff with riffs. That's great. What about after the bomb and a Robotech? Oh, wait, you don't have Robotech anymore.
1: <laughs> I'm uh-huh. still, I was always, I was always a big Robotech fan. Still am. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I guess we'll just have to rely on chat. So chat, if you guys would uh, do me the favor of don't, I told this to Max Liao. I said, you know, don't softball anything. Um, as long as you say respectful. that to my chat, I'm
0: telling you, my chat is hey, crazy. They will it, say it, things that... ask
1: whatever you want to ask, <laughs> honestly, ask whatever you want to ask. It doesn't mean I'll answer it. Um, I did work at the NSA. Um, so I'm good at not answering questions if I want to, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, I work for Disney,
0: so I'm good at answering questions very incorrectly.
1: Oh, there we go. (laughs) It's like the same thing sometimes. Right. So, So, first
0: of all, uh, before we start the conversation, just real quickly, if you could uh, obviously tell people who you are and what your role is with Platinum Books. And if you want to, with Pinnacle uh, Entertainment Group as well.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, My name is Sean Owen Robertson. Each one of those words is spelled a little differently than people would expect. It's S E A N O W E N with no S, and Roberson R O B E R. I've been saying no your name T.
0: right. Everybody corrected me. I kept That's saying Roberson.
1: There it gets Roberson. I'm like, okay, nope. fine. My family. I've met families that say uh, Roberson but my family and he, it's weird if i if my family meets another roberson family my dad had this knack of being able to do it he would always be like wait is your third cousin and like he would find the familial connection it was amazing there's a general officer
0: me. i worked for when i worked for the marines that uh, went by roberson and it, it blew me because i knew a couple of robersons growing up right and so but i had i got it trained out of me to stop saying that so I, when we were inviting you on everybody's like you got to say his name right like it's just
1: it's roberson roberson so i was no. practicing to say
0: roberson no it's
1: my family line is the so there's Robertson clan in, in Scotland, right? And there's okay. a sept, a sub clan is the Robertsons there. And that's my heritage. So
0: awesome. And what is it that you do for Palladium? Like I said, and if you want to talk about your time at
1: Pinnacle as well, uh, just to, so everybody knows kind of what your role is. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can talk about my gaming experiences and stuff mm-hmm. later, too, Absolutely. and stuff. Um, but uh, I, You know so i i don't know i'll start with i guess the the like i'll go more chronologically hopefully that'll help people um but uh yeah after i got out of i was in the air force after i got out of the military i um yeah air force um (laughs) i stole the job you wanted so um, yeah
0: well um there's stories behind that
1: (laughs) (laughs) we can talk about that if you want but oh yeah um yeah i was a chinese analyst uh china analyst uh chinese linguist in the air force and um so I uh, after the Air Force and you know I did some stupid jobs and stuff and then I my best friend was like Sean go back to school using the GI Bill you're an idiot and I was so I did and um, one of the things I really got into was surprisingly enough I was taking graphic design classes for fun and that's they, funny that's what English my job design. in the Air Force was right <laughs> um, and I noticed you've got great graphics but uh, yeah so I, I I I just started taking things for fun while I was uh, actually working towards doing. Mathematics, probably going to go into. I was, I'm from Houston. I was probably going to, okay. I was thinking, oh, I'll just go do petroleum engineering or something that pays a lot of bucks. And, um, and one of my professors was like, no, you have a talent here with layout. And I was like, really? And he was like, look, you know, long story short, um, I ended up going to the University of Texas in Dallas, uh, for a full bachelor's degree. Um, uh, and, and I was focused on, uh, design and production and took all the stuff I could for, for games and video games. And the, 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 the program was designed for video games and movies. Um, okay. And and so, you know, being in a more of the producer type role type thing. Um, But I took all the tabletop games uh, classes I could, design classes I could, writing classes I could. Had a really great professor um, who had worked on AD&D. He's uh, Michael Bro. He was uh, the, I think the. You know the top guy the, the editor or whatever on oriental adventures on ad and d okay. and then he designed other stuff including um he worked on hero quest expansions uh he last thing he ended up working on the video game sphere was uh elder scrolls online um so but he was great writer amazing right and um and, and at that time i just started going to conventions in houston because I, I wanted to mm-hmm. um, for gaming conventions and um i ran into shane hensley at the alcon at rice university And I was a fan of Savage Worlds. I was also a fan of the Army of Darkness role-playing game, um, which he also wrote. I don't think I heard of that one. I mean, I know the movie, of course, but I don't don't remember there being a role-playing. It it was the cinematic unit system that uh, people might know uh, CJ Corella worked on it. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer one okay. and <clears throat> it was it was the same core system as the Buffy the Sl- Vampire Slayer RPG my my sister my, my family we're all we all watch Buffy together like my parents my siblings that was like our thing for a long time so anyways um, you know I, I was playing in one of his Savage Worlds games and he found out that I was studying game design with um, one of the other guys that works on uh, East Texas University, his son. And so they were like, oh, come out, you know, have some drinks with us afterwards. And then we were all chatting and they, they found, you know, that was, you know, my big focus. And I was really into it. He said, you need to come to the Chupacabra Con in uh, Round Rock, Texas, near Austin. And so I did that. And then I ran into uh, Sean Fannin, who was mm-hmm. and I found I didn't find Savage Riffs. You know, it come out while I was busy going back to school. And okay. I discovered it after the Kickstarter had ended and I was like, what, this is a thing. And, um, you know, my buddies didn't have the time we used to play Palladium all weekend long, you know, all summer long. And, uh, but now they're like, yeah, we got four hours total. You know, if we catch up or chat at all, that's really three hours. And so we, we found, that's how I found Savage Worlds was trying to find something we could run really quick, um, games. With. Okay. Yeah. And, um, fast, furious, fun. Right. And it, mm-hmm. and it worked for me. Um, you know, I, I bought everything for freaking, uh, uh you know, Steve Jackson games, the, uh, what is it called? Um, curbs, curbs. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, Oh, this is too crunchy. It's not fast enough, you know? And, I, you know, but, uh, anyways, so anyhow, I, yeah, I, I, I was really excited to meet the guy that was, you know, had designed the Savage Rift stuff and I had enjoyed a campaign using it with my buddies. And, um, so we talked, I ended up sending him some of my writing samples and, you know, I had a lot at that point. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they asked me to write an adventure and see if it was any good. And I sent them the adventure. They paid me. It's never been published. And then <laughs> uh, Shane reached out and asked me if I would write the coalition book for Savage Riffs. And that ended up becoming... Uh, Empires of Humanity, which was the first book that I worked on. And it was before I even graduated, so I was like, this is pretty awesome. Um <laughs> And it just kind of flowed from there. And then um uh there were a couple of other books that were being worked on by other authors at the same time. Uh, Sean and Robin Bircher were the leads on those books. And then we did a big Kickstarter because the new Savage Worlds Adventure Edition was coming up. Mm-hmm. And Shane, you know, he made the painful decision of, do we do another edition really quickly? It's only been like three years since the original Kickstarter had launched and um he made the decision you know what let's let's make riffs kind of like the flagship right it'll be the first thing that gets updated the first product line that gets updated to the new adventure edition and so uh when we did that kickstarter that's why for instance if anyone doesn't know it, if you went and you bought say all the first edition savage riffs material all the books you can contact pinnacle um, at entertainment group online and they will send you the pdfs of the new edition for free oh that's cool so yeah it was one of those things where it's just a tough decision but i think in the end it was the good long-term decision and then um, i did a three-month play test and feedback period um on that to really dial in the riffs fl- i'm a big riffs lore hardcore kind of guy and um, they'd already gotten me involved in doing art approvals and so i would talk to kevin about the art and you know what mm-hmm. he thought it should look like and, and obviously You know, if he didn't like something, we would also be changing that for sure, Um, but it was, you know, it was about uh, making sure that it all hewed to his his vision for Mm -hmm. riffs as much as possible. I mean, it's very different game systems, right? Um, Right. Well, and but, I know, uh, and I know, people
0: on my Discord have thoughts about that. That's for sure. Right,
1: right. No, I actually, I was—it was funny. I was talking about this, um, uh, but let me get through this real quick, and I, oh, I do have a absolutely. comment there. Um, if we can come back to that later, uh, if you can remember, <laughs> circle back. But, oh, I've, um, I've got plenty of them written down. We'll right, be coming right, back right, right, to that. Good. If that's one on the list, then we'll get to that when it happens. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, I took over. So basically, I was in charge of this—the the second edition update for rifts for savage worlds and then um i wrote uh atlantis and the demon seas which is the second kickstarter that i did um and i wrote that uh cover to cover did the art direction so the only thing that i didn't do is paint the pretty pictures and you know had great proofreaders and play testers and stuff like that but um and um <clears throat> i'm still i'm so yeah long story short i was going to start my own game company um i was figuring you know hey if you really want to get ahead you, you got to own what you're selling. Right. And, um, although, I mean, I, I will say Shane has been very great to work with and and has done well by me. Um, and, uh, at the same time it was, I, I really wanted to, I have some ideas of my own I've settings that I want to write. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was planning on moving overseas and, 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 you know, using that cost savings to bootstrap art, the stuff that I can't do. Right. I can do all the layout. I can do the writing and design. And, um, yeah kevin i was using kevin as my sounding board for all my ideas and then one day and yeah it was great we become friends and because we you know he he learned you know i guess you know i learned a lot from him and you know he realized that i was going to make sure that whatever we did with pinnacle was going to stay as true to this the palladium rift stuff as possible and so that's why for instance we were able to do the pawn sets um for Savage Rifts. We we're able to do the virtual tabletop support for Savage Rifts is because Kevin um had you know had grown to to respect and trust the pinnacle team. And uh it was great. He's been great to work with, by the way. Um and then uh yeah, he just was kind of surprised me and said, Hey Sean, uh I know you're playing to move overseas and But what about Palladium? I don't uh, have Michigan's kind of oversell the company. And that's the thing, right? I ended up moving from Houston all the way across the country up to Michigan. I mean, that's pretty far.
0: It's (laughs) it's it's funny. I I don't know if you heard
1: about this, but like, Heathen Dog
0: is from the city that with that i mean he's from westland so
1: oh he's from westland okay
0: yeah he's, he's he's from there so he's he owes uh he owes kevin some time to go out there and, and check out the, and me <laughs> the palladium uh, uh i'm unfortunately I'm down here in alabama so that's not oh, just across okay. the street to me uh it's a new place for me i tell you what i've never well, been to the town you should before.
1: come by here because we i mean we've got this the studio the offices the warehouse we can give him the whole tour man yeah i'm, I'm working on on having him do that <laughs> He should. That'd be great. I'd love to meet him, especially since I didn't get a chance to meet him today. Right. So, yeah, yeah that would be awesome. But, anyways, that's, and that's kind of the long and the short of it. You know, Kevin okay. asked me to be his uh, business partner. He said, you know, obviously I'm not going to like give you half the company right away. His lawyers were like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You, are you sure you're saying what you mean, what you're saying? Right. And all of this. Yeah. But um, that was, that was, uh, I, actually, that was earlier. I was like mid. 2021 um early mid 2021 is right after the atlantis rising kickstarter ended and we were you know he, he i was trying to finalize plans right And it was, it was tough moving with covid and everything but i yeah. I, th- I had a way i thought i was going to get through um but anyhow um it was uh it was yeah i came here um we he it was funny the first day i arrived in september was the first day of the goldman sachs 10,000 small businesses program that he was invited to join which is a very prestigious business program. Yeah. And so um, that was amazing because he was doing this crash course. It was like 30, 40 hours a week for him. Just that. But for until the end of December, it was it was like it's like a mini MBA smashed into one one. uh one semester, basically. Interesting. And, uh, OK, I know. It was of great. It. Be, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty neat. It's pretty. Apparently it's pretty prestigious. At first he was like, what is this? i would never heard of it. But um, apparently they they take a cohort of small businesses every year and thousands of, of small business owners and and help them level up their game and put together a five year plan. It's kind of the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. It's putting other uh, projections and plans and stuff like that. And so it was really great because then he could be doing that and then we could talk, you know, we try and go on walks every day so we don't get super fat and <clears throat> So we talk that we use that to talk and chat about different things or whatever's on our mind. And that keeps us from constantly talking during the day. You know, we can focus on writing in our mm-hmm. offices, respectively. Um, and uh, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. But anyways, um, you know, <laughs> we like to chat. But um, but yeah, it, it, it was really neat because I got to learn the business from his perspective and from that professional perspective. Um, before I'd worked, you know, I was in the Air Force. I was uh, I had managed a games workshop store. I've done a bunch of different stuff um retail management and stuff for um like i i managed db games um but it, you know if anyone remembers that it was bought by gamestop um but uh but yeah so i knew kind of the customer facing thing and stock and inventory and you know good business practices and stuff but i don't know the behind the scenes stuff and you know i understand business owners want to keep that stuff close to the chest most of the time but it was really great initiation for that and i started working on uh rifter 85 we decided to bring the rifter back and that would be my first project. And so I was basically the guest editor and did all the layout and just did the layout. So I don't know if you've used like Adobe and design, but um, uh, if, if tell you how old I am. I used PageMaker. Oh, okay. So yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it was a good exercise for me because palladium and pinnacle are very different companies they seem similar to a lot of people on the on the surface um for a bunch of different reasons but um they have very very different processes they have the 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 actual core business model is very different um even though it seems like oh it's a universal system with lots of different settings or whatever it's it's actually pretty different um but um yeah it was one of those things i i kind of learned oh this is how you know, this is how it works, and I would look at different things from you know books across the years and be like, okay, what's the best way to format this or this or this for this game system and things like that. So the, the Rifter eighty five was really good to work on. Um, but anyways, I I,
0: I I own one Rifter, the only important one to have, nine and a
1: half. <laughs> right, and yeah, that's the good one. <laughs> I need I need my Giga damage. Uh- <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> but um, but anyways, and then that's and then the the, you know, Kevin when he asked me to join the company, one of the things he said is. You know, I want you to help me revitalize Palladium, and you know, bring it, carry it forward into the next generation. And um, so that's where we kind of came up with creative director for my title because okay. um, a lot of people I don't don't. Some people get it if you say business partner, they get it. Other people don't, right? It's uh, because actually, it was funny. I I I I don't know. I might have taken it anyways, but I wasn't as interested in just being like, say, a writer. Um, not that that's what he asked me to do in the first place but um you know that so that's a pretty that's a bigger deal um and kevin's actually been a great to work with in a business partner because he doesn't he never pulls rank um he's always like open to any ideas and we can discuss things freely um and it's kind of weird we we kind of we're very in sync he's i'm I don't know if he mentioned that in his interview, but oh, yeah, um, yeah, it's I've never had it. He's like, oh, I had this with Wojcik. It's too. It's really awesome. And I was like, I've never had this before. This is weird. Right. We're from completely different generations, completely different parts Mm -hmm. of the country. But we have very similar views on things, uh, uh, although we might get there to, you know, different ways. It's kind of weird. But we also we also game master very similarly. Um, a lot of times I'll say, well, what would you do in this situation? This is what I would do. And then he'd be like, that's exactly what I do. Or it was, it's just weird. Um, but uh yeah anyways that's and we decided that um you know the 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 savage worlds guys are really nice um when i told them i was worried i told them that kevin had invited me to join him as his business partner palladium and i didn't know what they would want to do because i initial thoughts are probably that's a conflict of interest right some people would think it's a conflict of interest and so i i told shane and simon one week um you know after they have a weekly meeting and, and and so um and i'm i i consider them friends and um they said, Sean, we'll, we are willing to do whatever it takes for you to, you know, make the most of your, of your, your opportunity. And they even offered if they, we wanted to consult in any capacity we might need, you know? And so, um, I was just like, that's really awesome. They're really ra- great, people. And, um, you know, in the end we decided that I would stay on as the the line editor and, and line manager for, um, Riffs for Savage Worlds. Um. Just because it's it's being having someone that's good at um, you know all the different things that need to be there, okay. I don't know if I could really hand off the art approvals to someone else. It'd be really hard to find that right kind of fit, and so yeah, we decided to do that and um, developed a a small. Savage Rift's writing team and design team that helped me with, uh, you know, a lot of the new books. And so I introduced them a few weeks back uh, ago on a, um, a Pinnacle stream. If you go to the Pinnacle's YouTube channel, you can see it and meet those guys, but, um, good people. And I'm excited to have them, you know, uh, as well do stuff for Palladium in the future. But, uh, but yeah, that's it's, it's uh, honestly
0: funny because I didn't realize This much so. How much your background, like a lot of what you're saying about what you do in your is like, yep, did that, yep, did that, yep, did that. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, for me, I I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. However, uh, as far as editing goes, so so part of my, not my current job, but the one I had when I was in Germany for 10 years, um, Hmm. part of my job there is technical writing. So I don't think there's ever been a game book written that meets my standards, like out of any company ever uh because i'm i'm a i'm a complete perfectionist clear concise uh clear concise oh my god i forgot what it is now see that's what happens ah! if you don't do it uh clear concise accurate and i'm forgetting one uh consistent consistent and accurate consistency go. in gaming books is drives me crazy because i like it. and and palladium is one of the worst <laughs> uh when it when it comes to that uh but uh, yeah,
1: I grew up with Palladium, right? And and so it's it's I mean, this literally this is the first game I ever owned was uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Same here, my, my Same. copy. So, you know, um, and I think that maybe maybe that's why um I game more like Kevin than maybe other people is the only thing I ever read uh for years and years for decade over a decade was was Kevin's and you know, or 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 I guess you know, Eric Wuj. Eric in that case, other, yeah. Right, right. And, and you know, the this the game master advice in palladium books right and so that for me that was very formative mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah you know there's a lot of ways where we can we can um we can we can uh, up, up upgrade the standards and, and things like that as well i don't know and part so- part
0: of me thinks that it's just part and parcel with game because one of the things that i noticed so like for me if you're to do one of those uh, little mental tests i'm not on the artist side at all i'm definitely on the the scientific side like like i i I think that art ruins a lot of things. Unfortunately, I, when it comes to gaming, most gamers or most, uh, most hobbyists will say are on the artistic side. Cause you have to have that art, artistic bent in order to come up with the imagination for something, say like riffs, right. Or even right. Teenage Mutant Ninja being- But those people don't like to conform to standards of, right. That's why I think they should be, I, I really do. I think these things should be separate. And I find that in my field as well. While I'm in a technical field, that's great. You're thinking outside the box. Now conforms like, no. Well, when I was in graphics. That was one of the worst things as QC manager. When I was in graphics was dealing with the artists. Like I
1: want to do this. I don't care what you want. This is what you're going to do. So, so yeah, that's one of the interesting things. I think that's one of the things that is in, in some ways, very complimentary about Kevin and I is um, I, I, I started, I, I was very artistic. I still consider myself creative, but uh, I, my talent for, you know, manual, Graphic art is like maybe in the top seventy five percent, but not the top still 90, higher than mine. <laughs> but, well, but the problem is, is if you really want to be successful as a graphic artist, you yeah. have to be in the top ten percent and be motivated to practice every day, every for day, at least a couple of at least a few hours. So, um, so yeah, for me, it, but but I'm I'm also very I'm all, I'm, I'm very about organization. I, I really like the order of things and uh, systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to, you know, break that down and stuff like that. So I think that's maybe why it's, this is a really good fit for me. Right. Um, I thought sure. I was going to go off and do something else, but in the end, <laughs> people were noticing these other talents that I just wasn't even paying attention to. So that was great to have people help me with that.
0: So uh, to, to finish up just, uh, cause I don't want chat to go nuts on me too much here is, uh, part of, you have to have that creative mind in order to make these books. And one of the things that I've just, I guess I've learned to just deal with, <laughs> like last 20 years, I don't really say too much about it. I know when I was, like back when I was in the Air Force in the 90s, gaming books, like I'm just telling you, I would scream about every one of them that I ever picked up. Didn't matter if it was Dungeons and Dragons. Like you are the richest people out there when it comes to oh, gaming. Right. You can't edit your dang- <laughs> you know, I could never pass my If I were to give this to my superiors, I'd get fired. I'd get kicked out. Anyway, uh but I yeah. think it's because you need that artistic bent. And we I do. think that's just part of we accept that in the game books because it, it adds to the feel, I guess you'd say. It adds to the ambiance of the game itself to have it written in a certain way. Because to be fair, I, I complain again. I complain about everyone. We're going to talk about Palladium here. But I, I complain Absolutely. about everyone that is put out there. And when I pick up a Palladium book sometimes it's just like, Oh my God. But at the same time, if it wasn't that, I don't know if I'd feel the same way. Like, Oh, this is palladium. Yep. Yeah, got to, got to deal with some of this, but uh, well, where where you yeah. go in the book?
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. And I, I look at a lot of rules and I get frustrated when you just have all just when I, I mean, i mean no, no, no throw. I'm not throwing shade or anything, but for me just seeing a, I don't know how many pages is the Pathfinder second edition book. Oh, I was God, just I, like, I don't know where I'm going to find the time to read that, right? Right, and um, I don't like, you know, my you know lore and all this stuff intermixed with Agreed. actual statements of rules. And that's one of the things where I think Savage Worlds does really well. They're really good at um, having clear, concise, you know, rules, and then mm-hmm. they'll have you'll they'll have uh, you know really neat, flavorful examples. But it's separate, right? You get the core yeah. rule so it's really great for reference and then you have an example and that is flavorful or interesting or whatever and i think that's a good approach and so that's one of the things i am really thankful for that um uh, i was able to do a lot of that and cut my teeth because savage riffs you know working on the second edition for that and the update to the adventure edition doing a three-month f- uh, play test feedback period running the q a for a few uh you know two or three years now um the fan q a for that the rules mm-hmm. q a and so i'm really getting used to Okay, here's how you really need to. It'll bite because it'll bite you if you don't phrase something just so. Sometimes, um, and you need to make sure that things are clear. But if you if you make sentences too complicated, you start losing focus and uh, definition. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you really have to dial in for that to be effective. right. And and, and um, you, depending on how big and what your target audience is, and, and absolutely, you know. target audience is huge, right? I would argue that riffs. You know, this is my original book, third printing. <laughs> um, Warren, of course. But you know, when Rifts came out in nineteen ninety-one, it was very well poised to storm the market at for the gamers at the time. But the same people or their kids now, right? Or even grandkids maybe will say, I can't, I can't absorb that book. I don't the rules are confusing to me. Right. Yet yeah, at the same, but it was so approachable then. So mm-hmm. that's that's expectations change over time. Um, you know, now I've played Magic the Gathering. I played dnd third edition. I played fifth edition. Right. Um, you know, you like said all the words things. that on
0: this channel are verboten.
1: <laughs> right. But I play I play a little bit of everything. Right. So my point is just that there are innovations that come in design. I played a lot of Warhammer. Right. If you play a lot of Warhammer and a lot of war games, then you're like, why is this combat system here? in this one system. So clunky when tabletop war games, it's simple, right? It's fast. Cause you've got to run essentially 200 combats in a four hour right. period in a competitive war gaming tournament, right? Which I enjoy those. So, um, you know, you really have to have things have to be clear and cut and dry, um, for that kind of gaming. So anyways. Yeah.
0: I, I had a question. Chat kind of threw me off here. I had a question <laughs> I was going to ask. I, uh, let me see. Well, actually, let me do this. Let me uh, hit first of all, this happened a long time ago. Thanks for the $2 Ravens that uh, Noro is my wife. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what I said, but I probably deserved to be smacked on the back of the head. That's normal. Uh, I'm going to wait for these questions. I have a bunch of the questions that people have asked star, but I want to wait until we actually get into the QA. Sure, I see a lot of, of
1: people asking about BTS. It seems so.
0: Yeah, so we just got done with our Beyond the Supernatural thing, and I can tell you, like, my Discord explodes over the idea. When's the Magic Book coming out? Oh my god! Like, uh, that's that's on my list of things to ask. So, if you want to prepare <laughs> that response, I'm prepared okay.
1: for. I've heard it all before. <laughs> trust me, and if you, you, I don't know. Y'all could ask me anything I haven't been asked before. So, well, let's um.
0: <laughs> Let, let's, well, first of all, you, you talk about playing uh, a bunch of different games. And I think that that is important, uh, especially for a designer to look at the trends in the hobby. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and sure. say I like every trend in the hobby. In fact, one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan of Palladium is I think, and, and Kevin and I talked about this a little bit when he was on, is the fact that certain things I think are misunderstood. And one of, oops, sorry, hold on. Didn't get that off the screen there, so um, here. Um, but uh, is that rulings over rules is a big thing for me. Like, I don't need a rule for everything. This is like you were talking, Pathfinder. When you talk about that, that just really jogged my memory on that one. I don't need a rule for everything because I don't use battle maps, I'm theater of the mind, or if I do, they're very abstract battle maps. You're Mm -hmm. about here, you're about here, you're about here. Let's envision the scenario, right? So, I, I don't need a situation modify for every little thing, I can figure it out from there, which is one of the reasons why I'm starting to lean towards more rules light games. However, right. when I really dove into Palladium this year for a couple reasons, one, just for this year of Palladium books, but also right. two, I was going to write which something of Thanks. my own. Yeah, I, I, we, we both agreed to this. Like we didn't feel got enough love, but of course, once we started doing this, we started finding videos about it everywhere. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, But is that if it was just a little more streamlined what I really like about Palladium is it's written in a cinematic format. If you get the get this out of this mindset that it has to be reality, well, that doesn't make sense because I know MMA, and if this were to really happen, this you know like no, think more in the lines of a movie or an action novel or a comic book. Think like that. Now it's still uh, verisimilitude. I think is the word I wanted. I was going to say that. that.
1: Yep, I was going to say it's 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 the difference between being simulationist mm-hmm. and having verisimilitude, right? Yep. So, for instance, um, a lot of the hardcore tabletop war games are not simulationist, but they are they do have the verisimilitude where it's important and where it counts, mm-hmm. right? And even military real world military commanders and tactics function the same way because there is enough verisimilitude there, even though you're not measuring out. You know, if you go look at the you know sixteen hundred feet or whatever the you know the 300 meters the the specific you range doing your like little range MP4. card yeah <laughs> right right but 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 you know and sure if you angle the gun up and you fired an angle you can kind of like rain bullets down on people beyond the normal straight shooting effective trajectory range but is that real right if you go talk to a marine who's fought in you know plenty of combats before he's going to be like uh yeah that's not really how it works you know in a gunfight you know <laughs> Right, And so that's the thing is is it verisimilitude or is it simulationist and and it's it's tough to fall into that trap of simulationism, yeah, um where whereas you're trying to find the verisimilitude and have that right energy that is all is what I think is the core of really great storytelling that I love about the the palladium system
0: absolutely right? absolutely and, and and one of the I think the misconceptions, especially younger folks have when they see a book like Riffs that's that thick, like first of all, a lot of that's lore. look, there's lore on the armor written in the book, <laughs> like like uh. If you look at it, if you look at like the OCCs, you look at uh, the how the attributes are rolled. If you look at it from a step by step process, uh, again, it, I personally think it could be more concise. But with that in mind, it it, it makes sense. Yes, it takes a long time, especially in riffs. And I just ran across this because I started making a bunch of riffs characters. I can make an after the bomb character like that. Right. Like, but a riffs character takes me a long time to make. And some people complain about that, but I like it. And the reason I like it is because I now know that everything I need to play this game is on this character sheet. Take that book away. Okay. I'm roll uh, rolling my strike, right? I rolled a strike. All right. Perfect. I'm laying on the ground uh while, while low crawling and somebody's behind some cover. I can figure that out like that. Cause it's all on my character sheet or the, or the game master makes that ruling over the rule. And and I think, that, that might be one of the areas that uh, a, a going forward with Palladium, I'm not trying to make suggestions for your business, but that if you can capture that somehow, no, like just say, I Hey, I want
1: suggestions. So here's something I want to say. We're listening. We want your feedback. In fact, I know there are some questions that I'm going to actually answer with my own questions, right? Because um, we want that feedback. We want to hear what the players want, um, what their ideas are. For instance, um, like the new weapons compendium, you know, that we, we re release the, mo- the compendium. It, need, of, it, need, it needs actual uh, modern, modern because that's
0: one of my favorite books ever written. Because I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that actually uses penetrating value in my game.
1: Right. So, you know, but we renamed it to modern instead of contemporary, because con- technically modern is late 20th century, right? And so okay. and instead of contemporary, because it doesn't have the newest stuff. But, People need it. People want it, mm-hmm. and they told us about it at the uh, open at Plating Open House, and we were like, "Okay, well, let's reprint it." And people are, are happy, right? And that's the point: is we're listening. It's not our hobby; it's our hobby, right? Um,
0: and in talking with Kevin, I definitely got that vibe from him as well. Uh, But it, you know, I actually want to bring this back a little bit. I kind of want to. I want to go back uh, to talk a little bit more about you, so that the, that our, oh, our sure. members here. um, Only because I know that if I start asking questions, I'm going to get sidetracked from everything and it's going to start looking like an interview. And I really want to keep the conversational format of this for for my own benefit, if nothing else. Uh, So your start in the hobby as a whole. So you said that your first game was TMNT, which is awesome because, well, technically not my first game to play. That was the first game that I bought a book for and the first game that I played more than a a one shot, not knowing what role playing was uh, other than Battletech. But that's more of a, a tactical well, that's what I was going
1: to say is actually Battletech was my actual entry into the hobby. Um, I started Battletech. I was in middle school and my buddies and I were going to con- conventions and, and playing like Lance competitions mm-hmm. where each one of us would have a mech. There's four mechs right in the Lance yep. and you duke it out. You have a certain, usually it was just by tonnage. We, we uh, played for money. money. <laughs> you guys played for money. Okay. Yep. We just went to competitions. <laughs> But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh the Nancon is if you want to date myself back in in Houston, Texas. Nan's Games and Comics is a popular um, comic book store in, in Houston. And so we would go to the Nancon and I would interact all the I was there for the Battletech events. I'd be there the whole time doing battletech stuff. And um no, I, I got into that. And then one of my buddies, we were in gym and it was one of those things where I don't know, it was raining. They had us lined up and we we're just sitting in rows in the in the in the gym. And uh one of my buddies was like pulled out the big red box, you know, the, the for the starter box for Dungeons and Dragons. So that was my first encounter with role-playing, but okay. the first game that I ever owned and ran um was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's
0: very similar uh, now, now that you say it like that that's very similar to mine because I played uh, I played Box. I didn't realize what it was I, I don't know all the crazy additions necessarily I mean I do now but back then just I remember the Red Box, red cover in the book. Right, right. um play, played that uh everybody knows my aunt's story if they don't you can watch on about 400 other videos that I talked about that I still remember to this day and it's one of the it's actually going to be a question I ask you in a little bit um uh, but uh and then the first one, other than, again, Battletech, which we kind of added some role-playing in Battletech, like, you know, the people who like House Korea we made them follow the Bushido code, you know, all that nonsense. I was a Capellan, so I could do whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> uh, uh, trash. <laughs> I, I liked it. So, I, I, so where you speak Chinese, I, I well, I'm not fluent, but uh, I lived in and I spoke Russian. So oh, I, like okay. the, I like the Maskarovka, you know, portion of uh, House Liao. When it started turning Chinese, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Just because the world's changing doesn't mean House Liao has to. But uh, right. uh, uh, but then the first game that's like we sat down and role played and I played, I guess you'd call it like a campaign aspect more than once, was TMNT or was it Robotech? Right. See, Robotech and TMNT happened at about the same
1: time for me. Now I'm now I'm forgetting which one it was. either way- I mean, I, I did do, so I did TMNT And then I found out you could get martial arts from ninjas and super spies. So I bought ninjas and super spies. And then it was that like, you know, where the book will mention something or you'll see an ad. And yeah, the palladium has always been really good about. You know, referencing. Oh, if you like this, see our other book or other game. And did, so, yeah, once I got started, I then I picked up Heroes Unlimited, and and then. So Rift did that work out.
0: out for you, the martial arts? Because I'll be honest, I got to, to, uh, you can see the orange book right there, uh, Ninja Super Spies, for the same reason. And it turned out for me that I ended up never incorporating it again. I it just didn't work out for me. It was it was too much for not enough
1: benefit. Um, I mean, we used it uh, because I would I would run the. Um, the booklets the adventure booklets for tmnt uh like truck and turtles or yep. girls go hollywood i stuff. never had them right well and it was back then it's like you couldn't order stuff on the internet you just had to see if it was at the mm-hmm. at the hobby shop kind of thing and um so yeah i and i had no idea what mail order was um <laughs> i was a kid so yeah i uh for me i we i think we use those uh through a, a cup one or you know I only did like one or two major campaigns uh, with turtles. Um, but uh, yeah, we did use them. I built a lot of characters using it. Um, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it worked for me. But
0: that, that, that's uh, get, So I didn't get into like the key powers and so forth. That's definitely more of a heathen dog thing. I was just trying to incorporate mm-hmm. different marshals as somebody who took marshals back focused in the
1: song was just the core. And my buddies and I were actually, we all, me and the two, my two buddies actually ended up, taking martial arts together for years it was just you know part of our interests you know i absolutely love that and-
0: uh, ninjas and super Spies included china because i was taking uh northern shaolin at the time which included china like one of my one of the, the grasping hands aspects and i absolutely loved it I was like, it's in the book and i was like it's actually not that you know comp- as far as a game can incorporate you know the capabilities it's actually not that far off from what i've been learning uh but uh, so so you got your so you basically got your certain battletech like TMT tmnt what um, what was your experience like playing? It's like for me, believe it or not. Well, I did play in high school, and I was exposed to say riffs. That's actually where I learned to hate riffs. We can talk about that later. I don't hate riffs. I was just saying at that time I did. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, I was exposed to a bunch of different games. Some I liked, some I didn't like. But it wasn't actually until I joined the Air Force. Some people talk about their military careers. Like, well, I joined the military and got out of gaming. That's where it amplified to the nth degree, where I started playing everything. I was stationed at Kirtland Air Force Base. And I would played at War Games West in Albuquerque. And man, did I play everything. Of course, at that time, uh, what's uh, White Wolf was starting to become popular. Uh, and I, and yeah, I played yeah, yeah.
1: everything that I can think of at that point. Yeah, I had friends that that ran that and I never really I mean I played a few but I never really got into like vampire Same like here. masquerade type stuff. Um I enjoyed Hunter the Reckoning. I thought that was fun like, trying to hunt the big werewolves and vampires and stuff. Um and uh I I I think I read Shadowrun, maybe played a game or two, never really played much Shadowrun, but I I played like I said I played a ton of BattleTech. Um but um you know, and I I played my share of d and I played the old um West End games, Star Wars. That's the best one too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, one of my buddies was a total killer GM. When it, whether we were playing D and D, he had AD and D books. You know, whether he had, where we were playing his AD and D games or his 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 Star Wars games, he was like he was rough dude. And so um, it was really fun. It was it was very challenging actually. But uh, in the end, I think it it influenced my game mastering style and stuff like that a lot. So
0: okay and then from so what uh, led to <laughs> i'm trying I, I chat chat calm down calm down <laughs> i got some things started here i think i'm gonna have more questions from chat than i am in my own list here uh well, they replacing heathen dog it's cool <laughs> yeah very fair well heathen dog's gonna keep me because i'm the type of person that'll ramble Like, cause I like just talking with people about stuff like this. Like if you saw saw me and Kevin talking, he's not gonna have to jump in, but okay, let's, let's get this back on track here. So I actually have him as kind of my, my facilitator for uh, for that. But, uh, well, first of all, I guess I'll ask it this way. How much time did you spend in
1: the air force? Uh, four years active duty.
0: Four years. Okay. So then when you got out, you kind of already talked about what you did when you got out. uh How did your gaming experience change from before the Air Force, in the Air Force, and then after the Air Force, as far as like the people you played with, the type of campaigns you ran, uh things you learned, and so forth that led you to where you are today? But just, but I'm talking
1: on a game play, game mastering, game playing uh, level. So there's two things that, well, there's a couple of things. So, um, know we don't need to go through like my entire history or whatever of every single job i have had but but there are a couple things that are influential to me so i was a missionary in taiwan um right after high school i was raised mormon and so two years as a missionary overseas really influenced my take on the world and what i you know i saw a lot of good things i saw a lot of uh really rough things about how life in the world really is um while i was there um but uh, so that and but also like that kind of like breaking into a foreign land and culture shock mm-hmm. and, and all those things, learning another language. Um, and then, you know, that was actually vi- then seasoned a lot by becoming a China analyst, because I'm like looking at, you know, I, it was weird. And, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I hate to digress too much, but, you know, Taiwan is like a time capsule of what traditional Chinese culture was. Okay. And um, whereas China um with the Cultural Revolution really wiped out um, the Marxism really wiped out the traditional Chinese culture and values and um, and religion and, and all those kind of things. And so um, and but also, you know, then I also studied all their war machines. Right. And a lot of it's Russian. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is natively made the, the their their the, the <laughs> what they can pull off. We'll put it that way. Um, and then because uh, they don't have very good stuff. I mean, just in general, their stuff is a mess. But um, then the other thing was I I also worked with a jousting troupe um, and they did. Oh, wow. We uh, did like 13th century reenactment type stuff. And it was it was. uh You know. There were fights and, you know, it was a it was a uh, what would you call that? um You know, uh, stunt. It was a stunt show. And so okay. that was interesting being involved with that, too, and I remember one time it's like so, the things so how- they say you can't do in role playing games, right? So, for instance, um, one of my good buddies, uh, Mike Demon, he was the Green Knight in in a lot of show uh, stunt shows and and jousting shows in the Southern United States, right? And so, <laughs> uh, one time we were we were doing a fight, and I had I would I was the master at arms, so I would put the weapons and the blood packs out all over the battlefield and hide them, and then so they would know they could walk over here and pick up a shield during the military fight. Um, I would announce all the knights and stuff like that. Well one time I saw him and I was like, there's something weird about him. He's a big dude. He's like six foot two. And um, he was so big that when he was also in the the, the army, when he was, uh, he was a Ranger. And so he was so big that when he put on his full battle rattle, he couldn't fit in the radio position in a Humvee. He had the command oh, wow. from the turret He's a huge, huge guy. And I remember one time I was watching him in a fight and I was like, he's one handing a two handed sword you know these things that you just sold oh you can't do that well if you're that big you can and you know and it, but it looked normal for him it looked like a long sword for him right okay. it was it was the hugest sword they had so the and 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 seeing knights kip up off the ground um in full plate mail
0: Okay. That right. I'd have to see. <laughs> like, like,
1: wow. I did. I've seen it. Right. And, and
0: um, I'm not saying I disbelieve you. It's just, why well, I, I would have to see that to me. That'd be amazing. Wow. How the hell did you do it, it that? It was amazing. I and
1: mean, well, the guy was, uh, I'll, I'll say it. the guy was an acrobat before he joined the jousting troop. Right. So this okay. is a very fit guy, very lean, very strong, wiry, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen him, kip. I've seen him, I saw him do it multiple times. Um, it was one of the tricks he liked to do. Right. And that's in the middle of an entire show of jousting, and fighting and I mean it's sure now you're you have really everybody to in my chat
0: having you. every one of
1: their characters do that from now on everybody can do it now <laughs> well you know but I I had those experiences and then I got annoyed with my buddy when my character had climbing and was super strong <laughs> but we were playing he, he loves he still runs AD&D like first edition or something right okay and so but I was like I built this knight and I, I was like I want to climb the side of the this castle wall he's like you can't do that in full armor I said why not I've got the skill I can lift the weight Right. And it's just, Oh, but you can't, well, why not? Cause uh, people can't do that. Sure. They can. You know, there's, if you go look at, up on the internet, there's people that do all types of reenactment stuff. That's really, really amazing. So it's just amazing what you can see um, mm-hmm. the reality of working in Intel and um, you know, uh, intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance and then seeing all those things, studying militaries, studying orders of battle. And so not that I'm like some tactical genius or anything, but I, I, I know, I think I have the vision of that more than a lot of, other people might. And so seeing the realities of those things, seeing the realities of insurgencies and studying them, you know, being trained professionally trained on them, it was really interesting. And I think it, it does bring a little bit different perspective to conflicts. And, um, you realize that, uh, well, war is brutal oh, and it's not easy. You know, people imagine, Oh, I'll just run in there with my sword or we'll just, the coalition just send a thousand Samus and they can just carpet bomb, you know, uh, you know kingsdale or something and it's over right and it's just like uh, well, no that's <laughs> not <laughs> sorry it's not it doesn't matter works, if it's right?
0: politics it doesn't matter if it's war it doesn't matter if it's a game for the dungeon master's perspective there's a lot of stuff a lot of moving parts that goes on behind the scenes and then for our place in dealing with players or being the player there are a lot of unknown unknowns right and right. it was at Rumsfeld that said that,
1: but anyway, it's like uh, right. <laughs> uh, there are no unknowns and unknown yeah. unknowns. Yeah.
0: Right, and, and so as a dungeon master, you have to be flexible. At some point, though, you make a rule like like if you if I was in your game and you said no, you can't kip up an armor, I'd be like, all right, can I have a negative instead of just a no, please? You know, that'd be nice. But uh, yeah. It well, something-
1: and it, I think that's a better place and i mean everybody run the game you want to run i'm not telling you how to run a game but for me it really helped especially with the writing and design Mm -hmm. but i find that i do bring a lot of these themes into into um into my role-playing games. Right. Um, I don't know if I, I would have my players running cyber Knights the same way, or I don't know if I would be as good a game master to prepare an adventure with mm-hmm. moral conflicts for them. If I hadn't had some of the experiences I've had, I don't know if I wouldn't, if I would allow some of the things that, you know, that you just get told this when you're 14 and you think it's this immutable rule, like one handing a two-handed sword. Right. Uh, But you know, I'm much more of the well. You know, let's discuss it. Okay, this seems feasible. Let's make a if we need to. Let's make house rule. Most of the time, you don't. You just need to give them. It will be a penalty to do this, right? Or get a bonus for that. Rulings um, over
0: rules. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. As long as the game master is consistent. if you give me the -2, give the NPCs a -2, whatever, let's let's move on. I want to keep the game moving at the same time I like to kind of understand the framework that I'm working in. So yeah.
1: Right. Then and one the other thing I will say too is is like for instance just simple things too like when you wear chainmail. If you're wearing like a hauberk, all that's your arms, waist, you know, thighs, your chest, it's all that weight's in one spot. Yep. And the funny thing is is that chainmail can be as heavy or heavier than than well-done plate mail. And the plate, if it's, you know, it's fitted and designed for, uh, and fitted for a specific person, and it distribute this weight's all distributed, Well, that makes a huge difference if you want to go, I don't, I don't know if the same guy could have kipped up off the ground if he'd been wearing a full chainmail hauberk, right? But I, he, I've seen him do it in plate and chain, right? Where he had arms and shoulders, you know, breastplate, some light chain underneath, right? So, you know, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it does, it does inform my game a bit too. So. So
0: what, what, what kind of games did you play? I mean, did you play like a lot of one shots? Did you play, uh, what other types of things is in terms of gaming, uh, did you play or watch or just be, or were a part of in terms that, again, just kind of gave you that breadth of experience. So you don't have to name them all off just just to be fair, just like some of
1: your favorites. Um, Well, I'll start with, you know, so I I really love movies like Aliens, Army of Darkness, Lord of the Rings, um, Marvel's fun, Uh, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I like Star Trek uh, original and next generation. Um, Let's see. I don't get into a lot of the modern stuff as much. I don't like it. I don't think they know how to write. I don't think they know how to write military characters or real strong characters. First
0: episode. Of discovery with Michael Burnham—is that, is that the character's name? And we're like, I, how? I how is she not court-martialed? And then how did she just come oh. back? Like right, like, right, right, right. Ethan, right. Dog and I yelled about that for like an hour. Like, how the hell she was court mart, she would not be on the ship <laughs> like, oh right. my god. And,
1: and i i yeah i had a problem with that i had a problem with um i never even watched picard because i saw someone do a breakdown of how the lore was wrong from next generation for data and i was like i love that lore i mean i watched that's why i watched the dang show right and so i was like i was like oh i have no interest if they're not going to pick up the lore from where it was i don't i have no interest in any of that and i don't need people preaching to me either but um the other thing is that uh yeah um I, I so one of the things that kevin and i enjoy is we seem to have um a similar lexicon of movies now he's seen all these old hammer movies and stuff like that but i've seen you know some of the the newer stuff that maybe was inspired by things like that including say like you know star wars or something right um and so but we have a a a, a wide similar cinematic type library i really like to watch sci-fi and fantasy and keep up with it um, i'm a little more of a sci-fi guy and hard sci-fi than like fantasy. Oh, I got questions for you. It's just good. Um, But then uh, when it comes to video games, I really love the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, My buddy. I I like how you said trilogy. Good. (laughs) Right. And my buddy kept telling me, he was like, dude, you got to play Mass Effect. You got to play Mass Effect. You got to play Mass Effect. And I was in the Air Force. Right. And we were in the Air Force. I was like, "Okay, fine. He's like he gave me the disc. I was like, fine. I love that so much. I got completionist. I found everything on the map in the game game you could find. I didn't even know that was an achievement until it popped up, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that game. I love the ambiance, the music, the combination of a lot of stuff. And I think the best one was 2. For me, the best one was 2. I agree. Um, The introduction to 2 was like, it was amazing. And they really- Also, 2 didn't have the Mako that you couldn't- you could actually control the Mako into that
0: first, that, whole, that that first mass effect trying to drive around right. the planets.
1: <laughs> well, and the equipment system, um, the you know, gun modification and customization system, the combat, it was just a lot better. Yeah. Um, I also, um, let me see. I've been, a, uh, I also really enjoy the fallout series, um, fallout one fallout two. Um, I never beat the fallout tactics, brotherhood of steel, the, the uh the turn based tactics one i have started a whole bunch of times and never finished it that's me um, with every fallout game <laughs> but i love the branching uh oh i beat all the rest of them but um and then uh i even did i even got a vr headset to play fallout 4 vr oh wow and uh, they did not do that they did not and they they did not do a good port mm. but it was still fun it was still really cool um until you go into some place like uh you know uh, diamond city and it just like la- it's like lag it's just like la- the game can't mm-hmm. handle it but it was fun it was fun to to like you know uh what what is that uh you know uh bayonet <laughs> i had these guns with you know you've got your your rifle and it's all customized and you got a bayonet and ghouls are running at you and you're bayoneting them and then gunning down the rest of the of them and stuff that was fun um and it's scarier way scarier in vr ghouls are like eh, you know but when you put on the VR headset, it's that was pretty intense for me, depending on the ambiance of the scene. But anyways, I, I really enjoyed those games. Um, I also like a lot of strategy games I'm a big um, civilization, Master of Orion. Um, and then I would have to say uh, I have played a crazy ton of RimWorld um, and like heavily modded so that it's basically like riffs with sci fi and. And magic and all this stuff. Crazy I don't. Monsters. I don't really mod
0: my RimWorld games that much. Uh, I don't know. I'm lazy when I play, and I, I kind I of do. figure if yeah. I have to mod a game too much, it's like oh, I'm not even playing the game anymore. Uh, right. But that, that is really one of my not. go-to games. In fact, I don't put it on my computer because I get nothing done for about a <laughs> week or two if I if I have it on there. Games like that, Factorio. That's another one
1: yeah. that I. I never. I never did Factorio, possibly because of that. <laughs> um, and I, I do like shooters and stuff. Um, you know, Doom um it, the series is great uh and let's see uh oh I, i'm a big fan of um pretty much most of the paradox entertainment games so i really love hearts of iron series i actually worked on a mod team doing fallout but it's a strategic game like a strategic mod where you play the different factions in north america in fallout and running it and you know brotherhood of steel and trying to conquer the mojave the or whatever but um yeah I, I, I love strategy games as well um and that's what i tend to get into more i mean back when i was younger i guess you'd say i really love like counter-strike beta and stuff like that um but i'm not much of a i don't i don't enjoy i just played so many shooters i don't really enjoy twitch shooting anymore um, yeah i agree with that but uh, yeah and then um when it comes to tabletop games i mean you've heard a lot of the different stuff that i've played um let me let me look at some of my collection i mean, I played a ton <laughs> of robotech um my buddies and i would basically use robotech as a palate cleanser we'd, we'd run like a whole like we would do a whole campaign i did a lot of long campaigns like year long like multiple awesome. year, year or two long campaigns where we were playing all summer every weekend right um and 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 then um well, sometimes we'd run like sometimes there'd be like, you know, in some of the books like the Macross 2, I think it was books. They had like some short campaigns that you could run that would be like three or four sessions, um, you know, a couple or a couple of adventures or Macross Plus uh, books. And so um, so I know it was Macross 2. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But we, we would run little, uh, you know, Robotech adventures. As kind of a palate cleanser and then we, we usually end up going right back to riffs. um but uh that was that was kind of my experience um i also really like tabletop uh board games and uh war games i'm a huge warhammer forty thousand fan i've I managed the games workshop store for a while mm-hmm. but yeah i was uh you know involved in leagues where we played every week for a couple of years i wanted um, to get
0: involved in warhammer um but I grew up poor, first of all. And so when I did finally get into it, I couldn't afford the minis. And so we used to play with paper cutouts Like, because I played fantasy, not 40K. So we'd have our formations. I'd do like these one-inch squares. And so we'd cut them out, put them on the table. Uh, but uh, what ended up happening to me is they said, well, you have to have your miniatures painted in three a minimum of three colors. Right, blah, blah. Right. I, said, I said, go F yourself. I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> I would do the bare minimum. with. Um, I, had, I was running Black Templars in third edition. And so I was very competitive. And then when he worked for Games Workshop, Everyone, all the port personnel, the store personnel are very, very, very competitive. Um, but uh yeah, I would do that because I was mostly focused on playing the games. Um, but then I still I, have the
0: same eight you know, battle mechs. You can maybe barely see them right there from high school that oh, I used yeah. to that I used to represent everything that I ever played in battle
1: tech. See this vindicator? Yeah, okay. This is now a locust for this fight. <laughs> you know, like so, yeah, before right before I joined the Air Force, I actually ran this is in Colorado. Um, at this at this gaming shop called Valhalla's in 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 Denver. Um I ran a BattleTech league where it well, started out with just 2007. Okay.
0: So so I, I yeah I was stationed at Lowry. <laughs> so oh, that okay. tells you how old I am. Uh I was stationed at Lowry for a little bit so I actually got out to Denver in Aurora and I was I don't if I had known about that
1: I would never been on base. <laughs> <laughs> and we have fun. It was like Tuesday. was Wednesday nights, but it started out. A few of my buddies. I used to do like a narrative campaign with them, and there were no characters. There, they I mean they named their character. They wrote a backstory for them. They had their piloting skills, and I think we had some sort of system where you could get kind of like edges or perks that you could. Okay, use so second edition battle kind of thing. Um, no no we were playing the old old school stuff so the, so the, well, was it was
0: the old one because this is stuff i played uh was uh, f- uh was it five kills
1: to raise your gunnery skill and four kills to raise your piloting skill if i remember correctly i did it all narratively we okay. were making half of this stuff up um <laughs> cool. but what i did was i let them salvage everything they captured um because one of the guys that was his like special ability it was he was he could do stuff in half the normal time and stuff like that and so if they got weapons destroyed that was the thing. I let them have basically as much armor as they wanted, but if they had weapons destroyed or actuators destroyed, they had to salvage them and, you know, put them on their own mechs. And it got, I, when I moved away, I think we, we got up to like, we had like, 10-15 10-15 players a week. And I wow, nice to split it. And then my buddy got it going up. I think he said to 20 people. And it was like two or three groups would be running on different tables in the shop. Um, but we had a lot of fun with it. I just love it's it's, it's a it's a very pure, simple thing, right? The yes. role-playing aspect of it was 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 pretty simple. And then you'd get on this tabletop battlefield and duke it out, and you know what's gonna happen, right? Some, you know, every once in a while someone would get a headshot and the character dies, or I say they're 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 critically wounded, right? And they're in the hospital or something. Um, yep. You know, it's
0: one of the things I loved about BattleTech, especially back then, was its simplicity. Because I was not a war gamer. In fact, I thought most war games were boring. Uh, for for me, again, not judging anybody else, because I know sure, chat, right. chat everyone's different. If I do, folks, right? But I I i love the fact that BattleTech to me was the most simplistic set of rules that still were meaningful, and I got to play giant stompy robots. So and I, I mean I tried games yeah. like Heavy Gear and not that I'm against Heavy Gear but I don't know roller skating mechs was a little weird to me. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, but, I I actually played the the role playing game. Yeah, yeah, right there, yeah. first
0: edition the Silhouette system. And we're going to be covering that next year. Uh, the I, but I thought that uh, Heavy Gear had the best computer games, blew the Mech Warrior games out of the water, but the, the Activision ones oh. in the '90s.
1: Yeah, I'm a uh, Mech Warrior fan, and uh, was it Mech Commander? Um, I, I enjoyed those, but yep. uh, I've played a lot of MechWarrior online as well.
0: PGI. One of the things Anyways. to understand about me is that I'm a purist in everything. Either do it right or don't do it at all. And the fact that water doesn't slow you down or give you heat or help you heat to the fact that it had pinpoint accuracy. I was like, Really? really eh. but i get it it's you know it's an action game that's what people wanted so i mean i'm, I'm not gonna bust this balls too much i don't play anymore uh but i used to play it's actually how i started streaming was uh by playing mech warrior online <laughs> so uh but all right so we'll move now into let's see uh working uh, so you already talked a lot about uh you know how you got in with the you know, pinnacle and uh palladium if you want to talk yeah. a little bit more about how that happened specifically cool if not uh, we can talk more about uh, like what what's ha- what your happenings are, I guess, right now without asking the questions yet. With uh, Palladium books, like like how that's been working out for you. How um, I'll I'll let you direct this how you want since you already did a lot of discussion about this uh, already. Just but kind of moving from the game player side to the game designer side.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting transition, right? Um, I was one of those guys that you know I think a lot of a lot of the viewers or or you might be in the same boat where it's like you. You want to play, but you run the best game in your group, or you're the one that's that's interested. At least I think I do. Yeah, (laughs) or it's not going to happen if you don't run it right. Um, So uh, for me, I was always on that side, and so I I was even I was always tinkering with with rules. I think what's one of the great things about the Palladium system is in the books it says, "Hey, well, if you need a house rule, do what you need to do, right?" Um, Or you know, for instance, people you know will get. You know, we'll say, "Oh, well, it's not these rules aren't clear." Well, it's not clear because Kevin wants the game master to decide.
0: Can can in you can you do right? me a favor in the future, like in the next printing of a book, even if you don't change the rules, can you put that in big bold marquee letters somewhere? Because that is one of the things that drives me crazy. Like, and don't get me wrong, I fall into that trap sometimes as well. Like, I can't figure out how this rule is supposed to work because I know I'm going to get a player that argues and, and things like no, I'm just it's I'm there to make a decision. I'm there to make that ruling, not the rule. But I hear it all the time like it's not clear it's not, i don't understand well, right
1: and there is merit to a lot of that i'm not saying like it's perfect as is and you know it was written by god's holy hand or anything um but 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 you know there is there is i like that i enjoyed that space mm-hmm. and so even when i was a kid i designed my own tabletop rpg it was a 3d6 based rpg it was terrible but um <laughs> i just wanted to mm-hmm. um and i've always been one of those people that always wanted to write stories or i'd have ideas for stories and i like i couldn't not write them down i have folders full of this stupid stuff right but the game mastering was my outlet for doing those things you know um and so like one of the things i did when i was a kid is uh you know a kid i mean I was, adult, you know an adult sized male but you know what i mean you're all um, a bunch of kids to me yeah see <laughs> and but but yeah before i was 20 um is one of the things we did is we doubled all melee damage because I was like, oh, it feels like the melee weapons and riffs don't do as much damage, you know, as the guns, right? And I've noticed my players were never using melee weapons, so I doubled all melee weapon damage. Mm-hmm. They paid attention to the melee weapons then, right? Um, and, uh, you know, we tried a lot of different little things, um, you know, um, you know, parrying rifles and hand-to-hand combat, right, or, or, or whatever. What about,
0: putting, what about putting house rules like that, whether they're yours or from the fans, just little maybe one paragraph anecdote house rules like that in the rifter just to show people well I, I mean i don't know what this what the sales of the rifter are but just to get the information out there, say hey look at what this table does Rifter's look at this doing table great does.
1: the rifter was on the top 10 on drive Through rpg the rifter 85 That's awesome. It was, on. I mean, we're, I was very happy to see it. And I think people were really, it shows, you know, all the great work that, um, Kevin and and Wayne especially did, um, Mm -hmm. for 20 years, right on the rifter. And so when we brought it back, when I came in, we decided we're going to do it annually every year instead of quarterly. And because otherwise it just eats into the production schedule of, of other things. And we want to get people books and we can get to that in a second. I'm sure Mm -hmm. when we get to the question section, but, but no, the rifter is great. And it's a lot bigger too, because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So this one was like, I think 256 pages or.
0: I I think examples like one of the things that I really love from Kevin's writing, uh, and I don't know how much that's yours or Wayne's as well, but uh, is the fact that when, when he talks about something, especially like the, the new, um, the new uh, uh riffs ultimate book he says this was my thought process for this and that's oh, something because i right, am so much right. of a spirit of the law person over the letter of the law like right. I, like knowing the author's intent helps right. me a hundredfold better than say right. add plus two to this
1: yeah well and I, I i would say you know just to that specific thing i would love people to do more submissions like that for the rifter um that would be great. Right. I think that would be great. And uh, we send it into the rifter. Right. And we get a lot of submissions. So if it doesn't make it in, you know, maybe clean it up and submit it the next year. Right. I, I don't want to I want people to understand that because I had a hard time just you know, like I said, we we went with. Yeah. It 224 pages. And wow. that's a that's a real full-size book (laughs) yeah and it's it's got the new one 85 has some great stuff in it by the way a lot of really great has a great introductory Rifts adventure or a riffs adventure for lower level players and it has some great stuff on uh um, the glitter boy but there's a ton of great articles for fantasy um for beyond the supernatural that Uh, was one of the
0: reasons i never bought the rifter when i was younger because I didn't realize I thought it was just for riffs, and I don't play riffs. No, or no, it's not play just riffs. for riffs. I we didn't realize had, that I until I was much older.
1: I think we have something for almost every single one of the product lines in there. So we've got Dead Rain, we've got uh, Beyond the Supernatural, uh, we've got Nightbane. I mean, it's 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 uh, Heroes Limited. It's great. Um, after the Bomb type stuff. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think that um, that's something that I would I would love to see people submit. That's one of my favorite things to ask people is what their favorite house rules are. Um, and, I, and, and you know, growing up in that kind of an environment and trying things out on my own, I think it naturally led to, um, you know, led me to to realize I had this interest. And so it was kind of like when I went back to school with the GI Bill. At first, I was like, well, I'm just going to be mercenary and make a lot of money. When I go back to school, I'll get some degree like, you know, petroleum engineering or economics or something. And then and then I realized, you know, you know, I should just do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. so i studied you know design like design thinking right and, and uh, like uh, information architecture and uh you know visual design and um, layout and uh, uh, product design and marketing and you know these are all in that course uh the the, the series of, of uh you know my 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 major um it was great it was exactly what i wanted and also included game design and writing and then awesome. I got that great opportunity and and so um I think that that's part of it is 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 um you know you can't please everybody I learned very 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 quickly when we did the uh, and nerds have opinions update for <laughs> savage rifts but what was important to me was dialing in savage rifts to be loyal to the original rifts you know the the things that the magic that's there and um we got a lot of feedback from players because they've been playing things they're like this is an interesting conversion but the mind for instance we had an issue the mind melter didn't feel like the mind melter you could you could build arguably build something more powerful using um you know a uh, a more generic character set um same thing with the ley line walker so I I, I reread through the lore and some, because it's such a different system in, Mm -hmm. in in some, in a lot of places it was, Hey, I need something that in this system harkens back to the lore of that character. It's that OCC or RCC or whatever, and brings it to life in this system. So yeah, that's things that were, but it was, again, it was just those same kind of game master, you know, if you might decide how something needs to happen for your game as a game master, right? Um, you, the book says you can't take an APOC out of, out of wormwood but that's what a game master's for right is to change that story and well and you know. and
0: one of the things i talk about especially with modern books and i'm not going to ask you to dog on any company but i'm going to do it here um i absolutely despise what has done with dungeons and dragons because i think a lot of what happened with it is backward think instead of saying we are going to keep these limitations we are going to keep these these areas uh you know color within uh, within your uh your area there, right? I'll stay within the lines. We're just gonna open it all up and everybody can do what they want. Now it's up to game masters to rein it back in. And I personally think that's backward think because nothing ever gets reined in. Everything's gets expanded upon. If you have limitation, like you just said right there, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna allow a Dwarven Wizard or I'm gonna allow you to have this piece of item, there uh, this equipment, this glitter boy that you shouldn't have in this location. Why? Because it fits my campaign and I can do that. Right. But, but keep the lines there for the core system. And stop saying, well, we have to, since everybody's doing what they want anyway, why don't we just say they can, you know, let's just give them everything. And I and I, I, really, it's one of the things I like about Palladium and some other games, one of my favorite being Earth Dawn is the fact that it, uh, it says, no, you're staying in this circle and there's nothing you can do about that other than, oh wait, I'm the game master and I have everything I can do about that.
1: You have carte blanche. Right. Right. And so, and, and in the end, you know, I learned very quickly, you can't, you can't please everybody, but you need Mm -hmm. to stick to your guns and try and tell a specific kind of story. Now, one of the nice things about the savage world system is, is it has a way to kind of codify house rules, um, or they call them setting rules for different Mm -hmm. settings. So if you're doing horror or you're doing, uh, you know, science fiction or fantasy or whatever. Right. Um, and so I think that's great. And that's one of the things that um, I think was really great because uh, with Savage Rifts, I could dial it in how I would like it, but then you can still turn on and off these toggles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things they did with the Superpowers Companion is they said, here's power levels, depending on which book con- type you want to emulate with your, with your game. Well, I brought that into Savage Rifts so that you could say, hey, I want some, because some people thought, you know, the original first edition of Savage Rifts was just really like, Balls to the wall, like Heroes of the Megaverse kind of thing, right? Really high powered stuff.
0: I mean, let's be fair, Rifts is pretty. Gun- I mean, for and my, it, day, it is is pretty, guns, right? So.
1: But I, I, I dialed it back a bit because I felt like I, well, and I, I, I play a little, I guess, harder game. I like the horror aspect a little more, the horror, okay. the action horror, um, and so I dialed back a little bit of the free stuff. Um, but it, but, but then you know, I codified options. If you, the game master wants to run a different kind of game. More power yeah. to you i even have options in there so if you want to run a game and you don't even get the full occs or iconic frameworks or whatever right you just build normal savage world's characters here's some plastic man here's a laser <laughs> pistol good luck in the wasteland right <laughs> you can do that you know and um i've run something very close to that and we've had a lot of fun so i, I think it's you know it's just about telling different kinds of stories mm-hmm. in my opinion oh so, you said um, the <laughs> I, I, I'm
0: with you. you actually you can get most of the people in my chat to agree with that that uh, it is. you know we like the we like the concept of the emergent story. It comes from the gameplay. And I think that's one of the things that um, you said something like Riffs has always been too guns or two over the top for me. But believe it or not, when Kevin was on here, even though it was just a couple of months ago, um, the way he was talking about it, had me relook at Riffs. And to be completely honest, I kind of was sold on it after that. I was like, okay, I get what you're saying. for 30 years. I didn't get what you were trying to sell. Just a couple of original book cover to cover. I didn't know. No, no, I, I I was a player in it. I wasn't a game master. I I just thought it was too weird. Like I just, I didn't like, like, grab,
1: grab the 30th anniversary. Do you have the 30th anniversary? We can send you one if you don't have it, but just grab it. Okay. And do me a favor. And you don't even have to, obviously you don't have to read the rules section really, unless you want to, blast the past but read the character um write-ups and then read the world book section and you know just read all the fluff stuff just straight through the book and 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 then you what here's what i think is you know people say riffs is everything or riffs is gonzo i don't really like that term um but personally riffs can have anything in it it can be what you want it to be um, and that's one of the powers of the powerful things about the setting, but the thing that really for me drives it home because I could do that. I could, well, GURPS can be anything, right? Um the thing that really drives it home for me is that the core conflicts in the setting reflect the 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 convergence of magic and technology mm-hmm. and horror and the unreal, right? And that, and it's treated seriously with great characters and great factions and. A, a lot of great story and so that's you know ri- to be you could do something similar to riffs but if it doesn't have glitter boys if it doesn't have the coalition if it doesn't have emperor prospect if it doesn't have the federation of magic you see what i'm saying if it doesn't have all these things that's not riffs it doesn't have Leyline walkers it doesn't have mystics if it doesn't have mind melters Psi stalkers dog boys to me that's not riffs and you could say Rifts could be anything but if you take those things out that's the stuff that's why i'm there right it, it, you know is for those kind of things so um i noticed a couple of things that i i, I would like to answer one of these okay. is will we see a palladium system tomorrow legion source book um i didn't i've never even thought of that that that's um,
0: actually one of the questions i was having come up later i started this one because i know it's a question on my list because a few people have asked that is there going to be a
1: riffs or a palladium version of the tomorrow Legion? Uh, so, so this is interesting to me because th- th- I, I did this stupid two-hour-long interview on my YouTube channel, which I don't post to anymore because I just started doing tons of interviews with Palladium and Pinnacle. So I just stopped doing my own YouTube channel because why? That's what I, that was the whole point was to get out there. Um, but uh, Kevin, when I asked Kevin this because I was just asking fan questions, and Kevin said, "Oh, the, I love Tomorrow Legion. Tomorrow Legion's already in Palladium Riffs," and I said, "What?" apparently he has a tomorrow legionnaire encounter on some encounter table in the adventure primer um you guys haven't seen it but i gave him a write-up i mean it might be in a future product right uh in the right spot it's not a tomorrow legion source book but there is something that could potentially be coming in a book that says hey by the way and this is the tomorrow legion in this region nearby and this is their thing um to me the tomorrow legion um in palladium it, you know, Kevin and I have always talked about this is the Tomorrow Legion in Savage Worlds and the Tomorrow Legion in Palladium. You you might see something where it's like a divergent paths at the end of 109 PA. The Legion might be in a different situation in the Palladium continuum than it is in the the uh the the Pinnacle continuum. Um, which I think is fun, right? Um, it's only riffs. Can you do stuff like that? Right. And it makes total sense. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the Tomorrow Legion. I didn't design it right. That was a creation of of uh, the original design team. But um, I think that there's a lot of uh, great things that you can do with it. A lot of great stories to tell with it. And um, yeah, I I, I I think it's uh, it can be a lot of fun if people really want something like that. Yeah, we're, we're listening. Thanks for the, the feedback. Um, but um, yeah, um, according to Kevin, that's already he considers it part of the, the setting. He really liked the idea of, you know, kind co- of uh, the the coalesce, you know, a coalition. of is that a right word? The coalesced form of like the heroes that you know often accompany Cyber Knights and Glitter Boys, um in their in their groups and their teams having a faction that is is kind of the central focus of that. It's a small that's the other thing is I think a lot of people misunderstand the, what the tomorrow legion is it's a very the castle refuge is a very small settlement near kingsdale and it's not like at war with the coalition or something like that it's i, I know somebody um,
0: posted a long diatribe on my discord a couple which i pulled out a couple of questions out of that that actually I've addresses that that, that addresses that issue the thing is like this is why i really wish heathen dog was here because he understands this stuff in and out and i'm yeah, kind of like yeah oh, no okay, it's funny yeah.
1: do you do you have that map the map yes um, i absolutely do Have uh, so me, we, i mean we're already talking about it i can just dive into it a that's little fine bit that's uh let me
0: get this up here share my screen
1: so um i don't know if you can zoom in on that yep. as soon as it there we go so yeah um Oh yeah. Yeah. Out a little bit, out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You don't mind. Thanks. There we go. That's perfect. Yeah. So as you can see, um, castle refuge is the, the whole, the central hub of the tomorrow Legion. Um, and really the reason it's even there and has a population is because of the one Tolkien and the refugees flowing out of that region. Um, and heroes gathering to try and give them some place to live. And so, uh, yeah, castle refuge, uh, just like Kingsdale, wyken Murktown, it's in an area that technically the coalition claims. I mean, the coalition claims all of the old United States generally, <laughs> right? right? Um, and then they'll say like, "But we really mean it with Missouri, or we really mean it with Texas." But obviously, they don't. They don't control Texas, right? You have the Texas Freelands. You mm-hmm. have the Pecos Empire. Um, with and it's the same thing. If you read in the books, it's it's interesting because in the books it'll very clearly say, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that yeah, see, Missouri controls down to this river. Well, unless you look at a map, you may not realize, well, that's like a small slice of Missouri. Um, you know, they might send out long range patrols past that, but they do the same out into other regions as well. So um, yeah, the the castle refuge is not like at war with the coalition. Um, it's a gathering of heroes. And generally the idea is that they're just trying to uh, have a place for refugees to be able to settle. And not be in total danger. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, and, and, and if you read the lore, uh, the, the leadership of castle refuge, I mean, it was, it, they have ties to Laszlo, um, Aaron Tarn and, and Lord Coke, uh, established castle refuge as a refuge. And, um, the whole idea is that they're just trying to, you know, support local communities and build up, uh, allies in the area. But um, poor Tennessee left out. I get so many questions about tell me when we're going to get a southern Tennessee, Kentucky
0: area book. We need one badly.
1: Yeah, um, I think that there is, you know, with like on that map. So this is this is the second edition Savage Rifts map. And I worked really hard on this with Alita. She's um, the uh, one of the art um, directors at Sigil Entertainment um, that Pinnacle contracts their art through Sigil. Um, well, Pinnacle just bought Sigil though. Um, so that is something to note as well. But, uh, but yeah, they've always been friends um, and close. But uh, yeah, so this is one of those things where we really dialed stuff in. And I really enjoyed the whole lore behind Golden Age Weaponsmiths and all these settlements in the Redstone Arsenal. And I don't know, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, I love the the lore around Atlanta and Atlant, you know, a small group of true Atlanteans setting up an enclave there. And I mean, there's a lot of neat things you can do. And the other thing is, is as a game master, you can fill those areas out. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I didn't know. I've never I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. If there's a lot of people that want something. It, uh, it,
0: when, when I reached out for questions before Kevin came on here, that was one of the ones that was repeated a lot. Huh. And uh even for this one, it's one of the ones that was repeated a lot, like, hey, when are we gonna get something on the southeast? We need something for Tennessee, Kentucky. Sure. Usually
1: Kentucky's what's mentioned, but either way, I mean uh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and by by the way, behind me on my virtual green screen, uh, this is some of the cover art for Terror on the Dark Frontier, which is an upcoming um campaign supplement uh box set for Savage Rifts that I'm actually play testing it with my palladium rifts group. So um it could Kevin and I are excited about it just being the first big adventure box set for riffs in general. Um, and so I hope that maybe people can try that out and have some fun with it, but it's, I can, it's, I guess if some people would consider it Midwest region. I consider that to be, I consider myself a Southerner. I'm from Texas and, you know, Oklahoma, Kansas, that all seems like the South to me. So. Who well, knows? hey there, I'm from Minnesota. So, you know, everything Midwest is where, where I'm from, you know, Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. The, the, the West, the south, yeah, Southwest. Uh,
0: um, so I want to, uh, uh, one more question here before we, or one more kind of just, uh, rolling this along before we get into the actual questions. If I've got the map again, if I need to bring it up, no big deal. Sure. And that's all right. So let's talk Savage rifts and Palladium rifts again, however you want to do this. Uh, sure. but obviously you had an interest in it. Yeah. And you were, you were writing for that. So how did that how did that grow from not just from game, but I'm talking on the business side of it. Like how did that grow from like, hey, I really enjoy this game, to I'm writing, to all of a sudden now I'm working with uh, Kevin Sumbita.
1: Um, well, working with Kevin Sumbita happened almost immediately, which was weird for me, right? I mean, I was like, I got a, I mean, I'd never expected uh, to get the book offer that I did, right? Shane Hensley contact. I was literally in a marketing class. <laughs> And, and on my laptop pops up an email notification and i I could only read the top line but it was something like book contract and it said it was from Shane Inslee and I was like like I couldn't pay attention to the rest of the of the of the class right um yeah and so I jumped in and the thing was is when they met when 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 Sean Fannin met me, um at uh chupacabra con i love saying the name of that convention um it's a good con by the way um you meet lots of great people um like i i always love chatting with john wick there but um <laughs> the, the the writer the designer, yeah no yeah. i know i know him um but uh yeah um it was interesting because uh The first thing they wanted me to do is they said, well, you're a lot of people that were working on Savage Riffs were Savage Worlds folks that, um, you know, they were new to riffs. And they said, we really need somebody who's a real riffs grognard who can help us with the art approvals, because it was just if you don't. If you don't know what to look for in the details, me, I can see a piece of art. It's kind of like that. What is it? Uh, There's a there's a there's a um, psychological phenomenon, they call it. But anyways, um, there's a book about it called Blink, I think is what it's called. But anyways, you can you can look at a picture and know that's not right or that's right. And you don't even have to know the details. You'll figure it out why your brain is recognizing that. But anyways, that really helped because I could look at art and say like, nope, this is wrong. And then I have to figure out why it's wrong. And you need four vents, not two vents on this side of the coalition soldier's helmet or whatever. See, I like right?
0: that. I like that ped- pedantry. I really do. Like, like, I want things. I'm an IP purist. So I want things to actually follow the IP,
1: not some artistic rendition of it. I want what it's supposed to look like. Well, and these are cool artists and these are artists from all over the world, right? Some of them don't know riffs and that's okay. Um, but we got to get it right. and so. Um, And I think that if you take a look at those first three world books, the original three books and the first three world books, which I that was my first thing was was, um, I guess, art directing and and managing the art between Kevin and Palladium or I mean from between Kevin and Pinnacle um, was and then like Atlantis and the Demon Seas, I think you're going to see there's a big step up in art. You know, each one is a big step up. I think with the, the new books uh, with terror on the dark frontier and then um, land of a thousand islands, which is the uh, upcoming Savage Rifts uh, South America book. Um, you're going to see that art is, is each time going up a, a, a notch um, as we dial in awesome. the process. But, um, but yeah, so immediately I was emailing Kevin about art approvals and I, I mean, I'm like, Mom, I'm talking to Kevin Sambita. This is crazy. You know, we thought it was crazy that I was working with somebody like Shane Hensley, right? I was a fan of Savage Worlds. I was like, I bet Shane Hensley. You know, I met these guys. I met this guy. And then, you know, three months later, four months later, I have a book deal, and I'm talking to Kevin. And that's, I mean, I've always, like I say, you can tell from my background, I'm a huge Palladium fan, right? I mean, that's like my origin point in gaming. And so, um. Yeah. I was like, I'm talking to Kevin Cimita now. My mom was like, what? So, you know, um, and then we, uh, you know, every once in a while I would call him and bother him because instead of like emails, because we really needed something for, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, a deadline or whatever. And um, so then we started chatting on the phone. And then um, after the. Uh, let's see. um yeah, when, when it what the it really started to change when we were moving into um, before, when when Shane decided to do the Rifts for Savage Worlds um, second edition to coincide with the upcoming uh, Savage Worlds adventure edition okay. update, that's when things really went into high gear for me because that's when he said, Sean, you've got, you can do InDesign. He didn't know I could do that at first. Right. So I sent them like these huge word files for the first book. And then he was like, Hey um, you know, I, I didn't know you could do InDesign. You can do InDesign. You can, you can do, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten your feet wet with rules design. It looks like you're doing a good job with that. You're doing good writing. You, you know, you have a handle on what riffs is, Um, you know, would you run the, you know, manage that, that for me, that line for me. And I was like, yes am i gonna say no to doing riffs you know more riffs and so i like it too much um, i don't want to touch it (laughs) right i mean it's like you know and then that went that that kickstarter went well we did i think somewhere near a quarter 220 250 anyways um it was a great kickstarter and then you know good sales after that and um i met kevin at gen con in person and um i think that was a big deal um because we really got along and um, he was very complimentary. I didn't know if he was just being nice, Um, right? Because I had never met him before. And you know, there's all these people seem to think he's like. Some people think he's like the devil, or. Oh my um, god!
0: Yeah, before he was on here, I got a lot of background stuff. Like you know, you know, he's an asshole. He did this happen and this happened. He did this, and I'm like, you know, i been. That's great. Tell me what you want. I'll keep my I'll keep my eyeballs on it in case something what? happens. But from the it- second I first
1: talked to him, even in emails, he's been nothing but amazing. And that's been my experience. I mean, you know, and now he doesn't put up with garbage, right? Fair. I mean, right. So um, and the other thing is, is I think a lot of times he can get a bad rap because he will protect. Let me put this nicely or carefully as well. Um, he will protect new writers um by rewriting half of their material and not maybe clearly communicating that and then releasing a book. <laughs> And then maybe they're upset because he rewrote something but he knew it was going to be a better product he didn't want to let down the fans but at the same time he doesn't want to make them look bad um but then they'll badmouth him that's what it seems like is uh, has happened well again in, that in, goes in, back to right?
0: that artist thing no artist likes to have have his art right. corrected right so right so I, I yeah, that. again.
1: <laughs> that's the kind of thing like you know out of respect i mean these things i mean these things happen with any company that's producing mm-hmm. products right and um you know that just that's why for instance we can talk about this more later if you want but here at palladium now we're not going to be announcing projects until they are on the way imminent for sure going to happen right because you know instead of people getting frustrated about hearing about a product and then it gets cancelled for a reason you know and just out of respect we don't want to have to say every time why a product got cancelled right and that we shouldn't have to but um Anyways. um, Yeah. But that, that was a big change because Kevin was like, Oh man, you've got so much talent. He's like, he said, I've, I've made a career off of uh, being able to recognize when people have talent and are good, you know, artists and writers would be good to work with. He said, I'd be excited to meet somebody with half your talent. And I was like, that's really nice of you to say, but you're totally blown smoke at my ass or something. But <laughs> no, he's Kevin's really great to work with. It was funny because I'd heard all this stuff. And then he's only been like every time he's only been super cool to work with. Absolutely. As a licensee, right? Okay. We're in a very professional environment. Now, um, the advantage is I'm working with an you know, established company, uh, pinnacle with a, a good track record. And um, and so you know, we're putting out and working hard to put out good professional products Pinnacle's actually like like palladium in some ways is they're very small companies a lot of people don't realize how small they are and how much heart and 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 hard work goes into products but um but yeah um that uh that was that was a that was interesting and then when i finally met him it was so funny jody she's the chief operations officer uh jody black of uh pinnacle and she took me over at the at gen con 2019 to meet kevin at the booth and we we started chatting we chat for an hour or two and then i felt bad because other people wanted to meet him so i left and came back a couple of days later we chatted another couple of hours but I, was, I remember i went back to joe i was like kevin's really cool like she's like i know right and yeah it, that's been always that's been my experience um you know uh obviously i wouldn't if he was a if, if we didn't get along i wouldn't have joined him at palladium <laughs>
0: No, absolutely no, no I, because of all that stuff that was said uh in the background you know watch out for this watch out for that I, I i'm not gonna say i went in nervous but i was definitely like okay let me just feel this out a little bit but i'm telling you from the second i have the same experience to you obviously you're more on the business side you know but uh emails went back and forth have always been great when he was on the show it was like talking i, I said this to him i'll say it to you it was like talking to the gamer friend i didn't know i had like yeah. it was one of yeah. the best experiences.
1: Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I want to re- say something cra- uh, crafty Matt said something about in case it wasn't started. start. I purchased Savage Rifts last year. sounds like there was some sort of ordering issue. Uh, please contact support at peginc.com, P-E-G, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, peginc.com. You can also find it on the, the, the Peg Inc. Uh, web store. Um, they are great. We have great people that can help you uh, get any sort of issues uh, fixed. If you, if you received the wrong product or something. Um, but uh, the revised box has a pre-order. Yeah, that. Yeah, double check with them if you've tried to order something and you got the wrong thing. Because last year, you sh- if you ordered it from Pinnacle, you should have gotten the Adventure Edition. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, please contact them and they can help you out. Um, really good people will bend over backwards to make sure you have a good experience. Um, I, I ordered,
0: uh, well, I, I had swayed for a little bit, but I, I did order the Tomorrow Legion stuff. It was either late last year or early this year. I can't remember. I think it was early this year. No problems. I've got, well, they're down there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I read through them. But the thing is, like I said, I don't understand the difference. Like I was trying to read it, like see if I find the differences here. And like, I don't know well enough to know the
1: differences. Yeah. Um, and Doc Fearsome has a question about the map uh, yep. regions that, so um, that's all, I mean, this is all we, I, I didn't even know this. They, Kevin and Wayne knew exactly where Lone Star was like the Lone Star complex. Like they could have told they told me basically grid coordinates. I'm like, why and how? You know what I mean? But most of that map came from uh, careful reading. Of, of 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 material like meticulous and this it actually took me like dozens of hours just to write the emails to send to the to alita to do the map art i mean she was great and we had to do revisions because kevin or fans would come back and say hey i think you missed the detail here or what about this or hey i think this was updated in a different book or we'd have to de-conflict things like that sometimes it was weird too because you go look on google maps and it describes a town being off the edge of this river at this spot but the real world town is like 50 miles to the east so it's the post-apocalyptic town that's named after it 50 miles (laughs) to the west um and that stuff gets crazy right um but all of this this is the you know what you saw a minute ago that is the like chapter approved to use a games workshop term that is the um official uh most highly detailed map of North America, and I can um, definitely bring that up again uh, if we if we need it for anything. Yeah, you know, this is the, the, so so Savage Rifts, especially since and I, don't, I I mean again, no shade or anything to the guys before me, but especially since I came on, my number one thing has been make sure that Kevin and I that we get the details right between us, right. So if you go read Empires of Humanity, there's there's lore update in there, right? We filled in some of the gaps of what happened to Fort Pinnacle and the Coalition Navy during. The 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 war with the siege on Tolkien and the war against Free Quebec. Well, what happened in there, right? Um, because I was updating the timeline to 109 PA. It's all official canon, right? So well, a lot of people enjoyed the Savage Rifts books. Um, like Empires of Humanity or Atlantis and the Demon Seas, because it updates the timeline and is a great way to read, kind of like the the, the Rift's Aftermath book. It's a great mm. way to update and refresh um, and have a high-level overview of stuff, because it's not designed to replace it. That's one thing that I want to put out there, too, is Savage Rush was never designed to replace the Pleiadian books. And in fact, at the beginning of every book, um, any of the world books, we actually tell you which palladium books those books were sourced from so if you want to go buy juicer uprising if you want to go buy you know coalition war machine go do that and or for players that aren't familiar with that that are new to riffs um but uh yeah that's how all of that happened but all those details are the best we can get it um and i think they look great the maps look great
0: yeah and the, that's the maps that do I look think. nice
1: if you're a fan of riffs uh yeah that's all official that's all canon that's all lore um grab it enjoy it have fun with it um because it's uh it, it's all riffs
0: all right well since uh you know we we kind of you know generally went over your background your history what you do for palladium what you've done for pentacle entertainment obviously if you have any more to add to that uh go ahead and throw it in if, i think I, hope, if rad- I think
1: that answers it right i mean yeah you know and then and then i well the, the one thing i will say is is and shane said this at like when we we're at expedition deadwood you know um, for savage riffs, I can basically do everything except for the art itself. And I think that's one of the things that Kevin also really likes is he's like, ah, it's someone that, you know, cause Shane doesn't have to worry about, and he doesn't know he's not a huge riffs fan. He's not some old school riffs fan. So he doesn't have to worry about savage riffs, right? I contact him. We work things out when we need to, but usually that's pretty smooth. Um, and then, you know, uh, that's that, you know, so in a company like pinnacle or palladium or, or something like that, where you have these really creative people, they're usually the bottleneck to get things done. And so that's why it's an advantage to have somebody that can handle all these things. Cause then it, it loosens up that bottleneck. And I think Kevin saw the same thing and was like, okay, great. And he was, he was actually worried about pinnacle feeling like he was poaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, there's no feelings like that at all. Um, but that's, I think that's one of the things that made me, you know, it's good because you have an expertise
0: that. right in that realm. I'm not saying that's your only expertise, but you you definitely have an expertise in riffs. And if right. Pinnacle didn't have it, and let's be fair, Kevin's working on like 19 different settings and so forth. Who knows what... I, I, I'm not... I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but I don't know if he
1: remembers everything that he writes when you've got all, because I know I don't when I'm writing stuff. Oh well, no, get- we, we have to, it's funny. I've only written a few books now, but no, I, I pick up my own books and reference. I was like, I know I put it in here. Where did right. I put it? You know, and um, no, you have No, for sure. You got to go look up your own stuff. It was funny. What was it? Um, I made fun of him at, I think it was the Palladium Open House. Went, or was it an interview? It was an interview. He said, uh, he was like, you know, well, that's why I have all these books. So I don't have to remember it. I can look right. it up. Did you know? Einstein say that? Was it? Wasn't he the one that quoted? Why write? Uh, why memorize anything that can be written down? I. I that sounds great. I, I haven't heard that one before, but yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's kind of the experience, right? So, but anyways, and we're excited because right now we're we're both working in parallel. He's working on project. I'm working on project. Right, and that's one of the nice things too is to try and move forward. Um, we can get to that whenever we get to the right questions for that kind of stuff.
0: Well, yeah, let's dive in. So, we, you know, you're not here for seven hours because I've been known for eight hour streams before. Let me first uh, read this uh, super chat. Here. I'm here. <laughs> it's awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, Patriotic Consult for $25 is informative interview so far. Well, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I've, de- I've derailed myself multiple times. So the fact that somebody thinks that I'm happy for <laughs> So, so, and yeah, we're definitely getting a lot of good information and, and same thing I told Kevin, I'll tell you, um, didn't get a chance to talk to you behind the scenes so much about this, but if there's anything that you want brought up, I don't care, good, bad, or otherwise, that you want brought up with r- relation to this, I will make time to make sure that you can say it. So, oh, so it's about about a game, about risk, about you, whatever it, it happens to be, uh, because... Yeah, I get a chance to have a conversation with you, but I also want to make sure that you're putting out there, man, I really wish people would ask me this question. Nobody ever asked Mm, me this. Well, guess what? I will ask it for you. (laughs) Right, right. But all right, I have a bunch of things starred. Uh, You knocked out a couple of them already. Um, What I want to do is I want to go back here. So. Um, I have some notes on a note card to make sure I lead into some of this. Right. So, you know, that nerds, I said this already a couple of times, nerds have strong opinions about things like like we had addition wars for D&D. What, we just talked on Friday night about who rolls the right dice, you know, all this nonsense that, that nerds like to get into. Well, one of. One of the strong opinions is uh, a lot of us feel that companies like Watsi didn't respect Dungeons Dragon. Again, not asking you to comment on that. Uh, you know, I, I don't do that with uh, business folks, but uh, yeah, I don't um, want to
1: throw shade or anything. Um,
0: but right, right, and we talk. don't expect. But but in the nerd community, there's a lot of us who's like, you know, what we just don't feel it respects their tradition. So I think you can understand that yeah. there is some consternation. And I I would even say a misunderstanding because Kevin was on here and said it directly to everybody who's probably watching now. And I know I know the answer you're going to give, but just to assuage peoples is Savage Worlds taking over Palladium and we're never going to see Palladium again when Kevin's gone.
1: No, no. Um, Are you sure? I'm not like can I'm you not. Write yeah, that I'm so <laughs> like I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I have written it down in multiple places on the internet. <laughs> right. But um, it's it's in multiple YouTube interviews that you can go watch right now. But maybe um, you I know, need to put something on my own page. I don't know. If Watch my my YouTube channel. It's I'm posting. It I, I don't know what else you years, have to but...
0: do in order to convince people of that because I've watched multiple interviews. Uh, Kevin was on. Like it. Like it's not taking over. But people. So i not to like
1: I'm not like Shane's. Um, like illegitimate love child secret love child or something that's come in to infiltrate, you know, execute order 25 or whatever. And <laughs> suddenly I murder Kevin and you know, we, we print everything for Savage Worlds. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's not it at all. Um, in fact, I get this question a lot too, <laughs> is, um, the other thing I'll say, yeah, that's funny. Um, See, I, I try to, explain, I try to state, state something clearly and then people are like, oh, he, he took right. too long to answer. Um, the other thing that, that people will ask me is they're like, well, do you guys want to do uh, Savage Beyond the Supernatural? I mean, like even would you license, right? Like Savage Beyond the Supernatural? Like a, like would I work on a Savage Beyond the Supernatural or a Savage Nightbane or a Savage um, uh, Phase World or something like that? Um no i have no interest in doing that myself i'm no i don't i mean if someone really want i mean we're open to having conversations if someone really had a great a company that had some products under their belt and they wanted to do something like that as a license maybe we could have a conversation but i have no interest in doing that and th- you know savage worlds is shane's you know shane has savage worlds it's a great system i I I I love it. It's it's uh, I have a lot of fun with it, right? I had a ton of fun with it, and um, but you know, I mean, just to be honest, Palladium's mine, right? Why would I want to do Savage Worlds, right? This is what I enjoy. This is I've I've got the chance to be Kevin's business partner. This is ours to decide the fate of. Why would we want to switch over to some other rule system? No, I'm uh I'm I'm actually more of a Steiner kind of guy. So um, I, I, and in an old play by mail game, again, dating myself, I know in an old
0: play by mail game, I I was the house lord for House Steiner. Uh
1: I I I'm I'm a big you know Steiner Davion, join the houses. No, oh,
0: gotta be the good guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just read those books and they were so good when I was a kid, you know. And um, but uh anyways, yeah, that's um that's that i I don't i I mean i like savage worlds right um i love people that work there i mean a lot of them are really good friends um but i don't yeah we don't have any interest in uh in 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 you know ditching the palladium system or something so so i'm gonna speak out of
0: turn here for a sec because heathen dog doesn't agree with me on this one but i like savage worlds as well uh the only the only thing uh that uh and this is true for any game. This has nothing to do with Savage Worlds itself. It's just Savage Worlds seems to be the second biggest one that's dealing with this uh, outside of Five E. Mm. I personally, this is just a personal thing. I can't stand it when IPs go to Five E or like I like Savage Worlds and I like Savage Worlds Solomon Kane. Its own uh, I, I forget the, the the superhero one, but I I like its own IPs. Oh, ne-
1: uh, 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 necessary evil.
0: Was it? I thought it was a
1: date. Thought it was uh i could i could be wrong there might be there. another one right uh, but,
0: but i mean i i generally like those but whether it's you know big eye small mouth going to 5e or simba room going to 5e or mm. let's use my game in the past earth dawn there's a savage for no you play earth do get to, you know like they, that's it again personal opinion <laughs> yeah, people
1: so I've, I've had that question too um and we have no interest in going to 5e either so just be clear <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> uh, I, I just, um, I've just always believed that if you're gonna play, if I'm gonna play riffs, I'm gonna play riffs. I don't want to play Savage Worlds riffs, well, but at the same well, time, if I'm gonna yeah. play, uh, was it Deadlands?
1: I'm gonna play Savage Worlds. Right, right, and I think that's right because you have some of that Deadlands feeling bleed over into the entire Savage World system because it's a very pulpy system that comes from. I mean, so fans who may not um, know, Deadlands is a weird West. Mm-hmm with undead and magic and evil um, setting. And one of the things that it does that's really cool is you use a poker deck for initiative. Um, you use poker chips for all different types of bennies and stuff like that for re-rolls and other things to keep track of things in the game. Um, that works really well and it's very thematic, right? It also sets a different tone. So for instance, when I'm running my Palladium Rifts game, it feels completely different from my Savage right. Rifts games that Thank I play Thank you for saying RPG. that. <laughs> And right, because well, I mean, guess what? If you, I like to do things like I make my guys track food. Like we use Discord, and you know they have to track. You have a running, (laughs) a running, uh, you know, list of of their supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have it in your pocket, if you don't have it in your item list, you don't have it. Right. And my big thing is one of my big things is, you know, we talk about if they're going to make a skill roll. we talk about we'll discuss what modifiers there might be or if there's equipment or they'll they'll kind of role play how they're going to approach the situation. I might give them a bonus or a penalty Mm -hmm. and then I'll tell them what the percentage is and they roll. And if they don't succeed, they didn't succeed. Right. Other times I'll do so, this is totally verboten in Savage Worlds because in Savage Worlds, you have bennies which can allow you to reroll stuff. That's a core mechanic of the game. But so you never roll for the player. Pretty much. It's it's you just don't do it because the player needs to know whether they succeeded or not. So they know whether they want to spend their benny or not. Right. Well, in Palladium Rifts. I roll for the player all the time. I'm like, yeah, well, what's, this is, okay, this is going to, you're going to have a 55% chance of, of, you know, trying to listen in on someone's radio uh, communications with your skill. And now I'm going to roll. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to narrate what your experience is. But you don't know whether you succeeded or not, right? That's the point um, sometimes. And so, I yeah, I run the two systems completely differently. They feel completely differently. Um, I mean, they're both in the same world, but I don't know. It's kind of like watching, you know abrams trek versus the old star trek movies right um or the new generation star trek movies they, they have very different feels and right. even though they might be technically it's the same enterprise with captain kirk or whatever right um in an alternate timeline but it feels totally different
0: <laughs> well no, it, see, that's one film, of the things right? that uh, that when i get into debates here arguments over this concept like oh it's still rifts like no it's not because Rifts to me is a feel, or, or whatever game we're talking about. Again, I'm just mentioning Rifts because we're having this conversation here. Sure, but, absolutely look, right. But it's it's not the same game. I have played Earthdawn and, pa- and no, I'm not going to drink every time I say Earthdawn. I got a guest on.
1: System is but, one of the things that John Wick says uh, that I like. Because um, I met him and all we've ever talked about is game design. Every time we've we've met up, that's what we always we just start talking about game design. But one of the things he says is system is setting, and in a lot of ways, that's very true because the 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 game system dictates how you're going to experience that world, mm-hmm. and and so that's super important. And so you know, I think you can still technically have the same setting, but a system's going to give it a different flavor, right? Right. If I wanted to go super hard, I mean, if I wanted to play rifts in Savage Worlds the way i play riffs in Palladium i think people would like have a fit um <laughs> so um you know because i i like a really gritty survival you know limited resources type of game i say about
0: um, 95% of everything you've said on the stream today makes like you and i are in complete agreement
1: <laughs> like uh, well i mean you know it's i can't you know um you know that never I, that, happens though i think i would be worried if i were you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I I mean, it's just, I'm just being honest, you know, and, um, I tried, uh, that's why, again, that's like I said, I, that's why I introduced the different power levels, the campaign power levels Mm -hmm. to try out different things, encourage people to try different things, say, here's the setting rules, but you can turn these on and off, right. In savage riffs, uh, to suit your liking. And, um, yeah. Um, I did. uh, One of the questions that was interesting that I saw, I I would like to throw something out. Uh, It's a little way back. It's CBK Ply. He said, question, is there a setting or genre that Sean would like to add Palladium? Um, That's another one I had started. (laughs) Okay, this is one that when Kevin asked me to join, because I'd been telling him what I wanted to launch. I've been sounding two different settings off of him, Um, uh, use him as a sounding board for two different settings I wanted to do. And so, um, yes, we would love to do that. It's probably not the most important thing right now, but um, I have one, I have two that I think are very I, I have two that are very fleshed out, very strong ideas for a setting that I think we're going to be good enough. Can for we get I a hint? With my, no, because so, I, um, I can tell you what I'm looking for from Palladium.
0: I'll just that. openly say yeah. I'm looking for an SDC-oriented space opera. Not, um, not, 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 I mean, it can be, it can include mega damage, but more, I guess if it's a mega damage, be more like Robotech, where it isn't prevalent everywhere, like riffs has to be. But uh, I, I'm talking something more like an actual space opera where I can mimic more so Star Wars or Star Trek.
1: Right, 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 right. Okay. So that is not one of the two settings that I want to do. Um, the, <laughs> these are the ones that I want to do. One is similar to stuff that's sort of similar to stuff that's out there. Um, but one of them no one's done anything like it ever and i I still don't understand how that's possible um but um it would be a completely it's a completely i think maybe there's some probably some indie person that wrote something on drive through rpg at some point that would be similar conceptually but i don't know i've never seen it or heard of it um but um you'll know it'll be like where did this come from um but uh you know kevin and i consider um phase world to be Mm -hmm. um, something that could be, you know, its own setting or should be supported like a core setting, Mm -hmm. even though it's technically a riffs dimension book. Um, So I really love phase world because I really like, the OG Fed versus Zeon Gundam. I like Robotech. I like, you know what I mean. Right. Um, I no, like, but see, I that's like the difference. In you, re- I, I like actually like Aliens
0: Unlimited better. Than, uh, uh, and, and was what's the other book? That, was it the Galaxies? Whatever it was called. Uh, the other Aliens Unlimited uh, book that came sure. out after. It. Well,
1: then you already have your SDC. Yeah, space game then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but no, I mean, I, I that's I'm listening. The, I, I I am interested though, you know. I mean, Robotech had mega damage, right, for mm. a lot of stuff. Um, what, what what does that mean to you when you say? I, with, I like the giant, snoppy robots to mega. have
0: uh, to have the mega damage, but uh, you know, again, people compare so many things to riffs, right? Because that's right, right, right. that's the one. Well, as much as I like the idea of juicers and crazies and cyborgs, I almost always play a cyborg, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that mega damage concept, whether it's the armor or whatever, I would like most of the stuff to be SDC. Of course, your spaceships aren't going to get hurt. You know, if you're running so you're around, to, with, you're,
1: you're, you're, you know, So you're saying more. I think what I'm hearing is, or I'm interpreting this correctly, maybe, um, is you want more human characters yes. and human stories. Yeah, I'm not going to take a nine space millimeter
0: space and shoot the Starship Enterprise. Enterprise. I get that. And if it's shooting right. you from space, you're probably going to lose a city or something. So I get right, that. But you you, be...
1: you, you, yeah, you want you don't want the Rifts version of of a space opera. Right. Right. You want a lower, like a more human. Absolutely. Space opera. Yep. Okay. I might be Thanks. alone in that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that you necessarily are. And I love that idea too. Um, because, you know, yeah. Anyways, there's a lot of different things I could say there, but yeah. I mean, like why would we want to license a product if we have our own good ideas? Right. right? So
0: I tried to, I actually tried to write some of that uh, earlier last year, but I have too many house rules. <laughs> And I got I got confused with what I was trying to incorporate from what was already there for Riffs and Heroes Unlimited. And this I was like, I don't know what I'm writing anymore. I, I, I can't reconcile these things the way I want to. Uh, and that, that game kind of dropped off the not game. I should say that uh, system I was going to write because I was going to run it for some people. The people well, moved on to other things anyway, because I hate playing online um i'm just going to go down the list Yeah, i know i have like 16 start questions here uh some of them are about an hour old i get that but i'm going to try to incorporate them into like the format i have here so we're always kind of staying and we're not just all over the place uh so we answer yeah, the savage yeah. rules one right um we're let's if you don't mind we'll talk about current books and again people need to understand mm-hmm. that you know when things are in the works they can't always talk about them you know but uh, especially specifics because Things change. You guys get angry. I get angry, whatever, but let's see what we can talk about with the uh, current books. So I'll start with this one. Um, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but this is a direct question from my discord, which was, uh, the Sean plan to clean up the editing of the books to make it easier for
1: understanding and play. Um, y- yeah. Um, if you take, take a look at, if you have the rifter 85, take a close look at, at the layout in that book. Um, we tried some new things. Um, we weren't sure with some of the digital publishing op- or printing options, if it would look good. For instance, if art goes off the top of the page to the side, I know these sound like technical little things, but it's like, I was kind of feeling out the space with it. But for instance, like this, uh, there you go. Sorry. My virtual background gets in the way sometimes, but like, see how that goes right off the edge <laughs> of the page. We wanted to try stuff like that out to see what our options are. Um, when, you know, cause obviously if I, we do something we've solved a problem or add some detail <laughs> we just need to be able to print it um <laughs> and sometimes you don't really know until you try right um, but and, and if you technically if you look at it and you look at, at another palladium book you'll notice that there's slightly different maybe um between some of the lines and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so uh there's little things like that but yes uh we're looking at um You know, improving the the presentation values of the books as much as possible. Um, At the same time, so so before, you know, for any of these types of questions, one of the things I want to emphasize is when I got here, you know, Palladium hadn't had a release for quite a while. And one of the things that blew my mind is there were like eight to 12 manuscripts, but at least eight of them were 80 percent. Like a manuscript is written by a writer. Mm-hmm. and in the case of someone like Matthew Clements it could be an, like we consider him an ace writer i mean he used to be a staff writer right um so kevin likes to you know we say 80% cuz kevin likes to add 20% and he might he might rewrite 20% right and okay. um and then i would say 80% of the art is done and cover art's done and imagine coming and finding out that there's eight books like that with three or four more that are approaching that that's a bit. that's a huge production backlog. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing that, I mean, and, 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 but bring back the Rifter and supporting everything, you know, it, it is also important. So we brought back the Rifter. That was the first thing I worked on. I kind of got my feet wet while I was learning a lot of things. And um, also there's, a, you know, the pro like for instance, the production, I don't mean, get in too many details, but it's boring, but um, the production process at Pinnacle and the production process at Palladium are completely different. Like for instance, just at the base level, Pinnacle is completely distributed all over the world. There's writers and editors and artists, you know, and, and, and designers There are people are all over the world working from home. Um, whereas with Palladium, everyone's in a physical meet space in an office. I mean, I could walk and go grab Kevin if you, if anyone wants me to, you know, right. I mean, I could do that if I needed to. Right. <laughs> so it's very different just in that format. The other thing is, is, the, you know, their production process is, 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 I would say it's very traditional. It's designed around a traditional pop, uh, production flow where you, you lay out a book at the very end, right? Um, whereas when I'm writing stuff for Pinnacle, I'm writing into InDesign. So I know exactly where the text is. I know exactly where the art is, or where I, where I can fit a sidebar. I know I need to cut the text because I want this, this race, like, you know, the ogre race to be on a two page spread or something, right? So it, it's very different. And so a lot of these little processes, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I want to make sure I understand the good, you know, stuff of the palladium method before we try and re, re, re reinvent anything. Um, But uh, But yeah, we want to bring higher level production and stuff to things, but also that that kind of thing um you know has to be tempered by we really need to get these this backlog of releases out because mm-hmm. we want to fulfill the products that have already been announced that's why we're pulling back on announcing anything past that horizon because we want to get to the point where we're just uh, announcing things that are sure things to get gamers ramped up for the right amount of time people will get frustrated if a product's announced and it's not out in three months right or a kickstarter is not happening in three months so we want to we, we don't want to frustrate the fans um, and we, we're, 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 so we're taking a new tact with this. Um, but, uh, but that's just the kind of thing I want to throw in there is we're listening. I've heard these things. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to hear anything you guys have to say. Um, we're I'm wide ears open. Right. Um, but all of that kind of has to say, like, you know,
2: there it, is it, a process. It,
1: it, there is a process. Um, <laughs> trust the process. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I hear that every day. I still work for the
0: air force. I hear that every day. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was really the only thing I had on cur- on thing. current books. Now there are a ton of questions on future publications or well, and, and, be- and, and
1: and I guess I could mention current books, right? It's just so everybody knows, um, this is kind of the plan right now. Is so, you wow. know, I did Rift eighty five. Kevin finished um, Coalition Manhunters. Um, yeah, I know you've learned to wait, but we're gonna change that, right? and uh so kevin finished coalition man hunters he's wrapping up on beyond the supernatural right now and i am also wrapping up um wait uh, what, what book for beyond the supernatural please tell for the love of god tell me it's a magic book so they can stop yelling no, at me it's, it's creature feature it's in the in the weekly update he's been talking about it the beyond the supernatural creature feature so um he's wrapping that up but it has a lot of gm advice and we that is high on our priority list before we're heading off into you know the wild blue yonder horizons um we do want to get the fans uh tomes grotesque and beyond our canon so um that is something that's very important to us to getting that out there for y'all um there's no i don't have any release dates or anything but you know this is the kind of stuff you can find (laughs) you said it's coming
0: it wasn't out tomorrow what the hell right
1: right (laughs) but i mean So I just want people to know that Beyond Supernatural is actually a really important product line for us. And then um, the other thing is, um, and so I'm working on finishing up Titan Robotics. It's just about to enter final editing and proofreading and layout. Um, And so uh, probably in a week or two, I'll let you know when um, we're going to be launching a Kickstarter for that so um oh you know what i was gonna wait on this one but this just popped in i'll put it in there i don't
0: understand why a company like palladium is doing a kickstarter well before he has to defend the company on this one this is
1: just the new business model and i think i do think that people need to get used to this well i i i I, I don't know what so i'm gonna maybe you can tell me what you think a company like palladium means how many employees do you think palladium has right palladium is. Now, it used to be for a long time, it was number three in the industry for like almost 20 years, right? Very consistently. But even then, it was a fairly small company. Um, and so, uh, you know, companies like, say, uh, Wizards of the Coast or, you know, Paizo or something, that's that's a whole order of magnitude different than a company like Palladium. Um and so, did did um, Paizo just do a Kickstarter
0: or something? I thought one of those guys just did a Kickstarter and people were all freaked out about it. I, I guess I look at it as like that's just that's the new so, business model. Like, I, so, I don't,
1: yeah. So, before I even got into the industry, right, before I was ever given a book contract, when I was at actually, I was at that Chupa and I was at a panel, and Shane Hensley, um, John Wick, uh, one of the lead guys on Delta Green, and uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that wrote the new, um, He's been doing it for years. Uh, the Cortex system. Uh, uh, yeah. I know the system. I, I can't. It. I don't know oh, the name. I can't remember his name right now. But anyways, there's a whole line of these guys, right? These are all, by the way, ChupacabraCon is a cool con to go to if you want to meet a lot of the guys that aren't from the big companies, but all the kind of next in line. Um, but Shane said it and everyone nodded and agreed. And it was a discussion. But Kickstarter is central to the business model of medium to small I mean I, you can't really get a lot smaller besides being an independent um like single person right um so yeah kickstarter is central to their business models and the, the funny the crazy thing is, is that palladium has been surviving without doing uh you know kickstarters for, for major product releases so um you know it's and, and palladium is in a very different spot from a lot of other companies in the industry for a lot of different reasons for instance whole wide variety of 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 settings and product lines as opposed to one or two core ones um and the model also does not revolve around we'll put out a new edition every five years right or every three years or whatever and and you know i respect kevin for all of those things um but uh yeah so i yeah a a company like palladium i mean i don't know what that means you know um it's if you want to talk about the creative side of things we have wayne helps with editing and layout we have some other people that do proofreading But it's just me and kevin writing the books and designing the books besides uh contract you know contractors right so it's really a tiny company
0: i'm i'd be honest i'm surprised more even larger companies don't do a kickstarter or one to get a feel for the popularity of something. I, I know that some people have a feel. Well, that just pushes out the little guy. Well, first of all, first of all, I don't like Kickstarter anyway. I like IndieGoGo, but they, you know that's just again personal preference. But either way, whether it's IndieGoGo, Kickstarter, or I forget what the third one is now, they uh, they they help gauge a product as well. Even if you don't back the Kickstarter, I know it's it's like pre-ordering a video game. I don't pre-order video games that are in early access anymore because I've been burned too many times on that. And I know some people who feel the same way about Kickstarter, but I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that a company like Palladium is going to see this as like the initial release. Hey, it's popular. It's still going to be on the shelf, whether it's Drive-Thru RPG or the Palladium store or whatever. It's still going to be there for you to buy, even if you don't back the Kickstarter, right? Right.
1: Um yeah. so so I see the biv says it just seems to me that Kickstarter for people that don't have the is for people that don't have the capital to start a book, but I'm old school and don't really understand this stuff clearly. And that's okay. That's look, you shouldn't have to worry about all this stuff, right? But what so here let me let me put this out there and I'm about to put this into the Kickstarter, right? When when I'm preparing it probably later tonight, but um, you know, cause you have to get a lot of things set up and mm-hmm. it, it'll t- take some time if you're going to do a decent setup. It'll probably look like the It's me doing it anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I'll do my best guys. Sorry. Um, but the point is, is for instance, inflation's insane right now. And I'm not even talking about printing costs or paper costs or delays or any of that. And palladium does all their printing domestically, uh, to shorten delivery times and all types of stuff. Right as imperfect as it may be, that's actually way better than, than a lot of what's happening in the industry because of the logistics log jams from overseas. So um, w- the part of the thing about doing a Kickstarter is we can, A, we can reach, we're, we're, we're probably gonna hit the core audience anyways, right? But we can reach people that maybe thought palladium went under 20 years ago, right? With the crisis of treachery, we can reach people that are new eyeballs, right that have never heard of riffs or savage worlds or played in books or any of that stuff we found that happened consistently with the Rifts for savage world stuff we have people that never had heard of riffs never heard, heard of savage worlds either one and they found a Rifts for savage worlds kickstarter and got in and that's great right it's discoverability the other thing is is if we can really carefully gauge and have a good kickstarter one of the things is the is is, is the printing at scale so if we only do five hundred copies of a book, or we only do a thousand copies of a book, or we do ten thousand copies of a book, or four thousand, right? The cost per book—you have to order that all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It can make a like, like it can make or break a product, right? And if we don't want to immediately start, we've been, you know, doing our best to hold off on raising prices as much as we can, even though it's crazy right now. And for instance, this Kickstarter, that's one of the reasons that it's really important to me is so that we can keep the cost as low as possible for the print run of Titan robotics. And that's my goal. And that's part of the reason why I'm like, you know, I just need to bite the bullet and do this. Kickstarters are a pain in the butt. They take a lot of work. They take a lot of effort. They do. Um, There's so much behind the scenes that people don't understand that go on with those things. Right. So, um, uh, that's and, and and it does kind of act as a pre-order uh, system. It also helps get attention, and it's easier to organize who gets you know the different say uh, you know the big fans can get their um, you know their their special editions and stuff like that. And we can offer other cool things. But uh, but yeah, and part of it's just about getting the word out there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's. So- I hope that answers the question. So because you've
0: read my notes, apparently, and I didn't even send them to you, I'm going to skip a couple of questions and we'll come back to them because this is going to segue right into um, how has the paper shortage impacted Palladium? <laughs> that was actually
1: a question that was uh, brought up. It's It's been a big deal. Um, it was funny because the the Rifter 85 was finished six weeks or more, before, I think, if I remember correctly, before um, Coalition Manhunters, yet people got those books essentially at the same time. And we actually split the prints between different companies. And one of them, um, one of our printers, because Kevin's been using them for 30 years, they did a, they like made room in their very cramped print schedule with paper that like, (laughs) we're like begging them do you have the paper we need right kind of thing like please set some aside and don't give it to the big companies you know know, we've been with you for 30 years i mean seriously and then they did a print run just so that we could have coalition manhunters and rifter 85 at the palladium open house in april it wouldn't have been possible otherwise Right. Um, and and so that that's an awesome thing they did. That was awesome. That was great. The fans, one of the the one of the people that works there and his, I think his grandson or his son, they came to the open. They actually came to the open house. And when we said that, like the crowd started clapping for them. Um, it was so crazy, you know, but but it's true right now. It is kind of out, insane out there. And that means that we also have to be um, very agile we have to you know was it adapt you know improve adapt overcome all this stuff you know so um that's that's been really tricky right now um the yeah the tabletop industry just like every industry right now is feeling the bite of inflation and logistics issues and, and supply issues one of the things with the paper shortage a lot of people don't realize is um so since the pandemic the um mail you know, get, get ordering stuff from Amazon, getting stuff delivered has skyrocketed, right? Well, guess what? Now, it make you know, these companies, these paper mills can make more money making cardboard for boxes than paper for books. Mm. <laughs> then here's another thing. All the college textbooks, right? They ran, they literally ran out of the stuff that they make the hardcover from. Oh, the back end? There's really wow. shortages on that. So then all of them went to the perfect bound format. They said, we can just do a soft cover. Now, suddenly, an entire major, major player in the print industry, all of their orders have cascaded into our sector of the print industry. Ladies and gentlemen
0: who have been on my Discord complaining about perfect bound books, you can't find them anymore. Well, now you know why.
1: So this is, this is like, it's crazy. And when you, when Kevin in the weekly updates, if you do, if you haven't signed up for it, please go to palladiumbooks.com and sign up for the weekly update. You can hear, uh, you can get updates from me and Kevin. Um, a lot of times my updates are just, oh, mention this, or I said this and ha ha ha, or whatever. But um, it's, it's great way to, 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 or you can follow us on Instagram. Or Facebook uh, to see them. We're, we're posting those. Wayne's doing a great job posting those every week as well. When we do the updates, um, another way to get to them. But um, you can read about a lot of this. But it really is, and it consumes times. I and mean, this isn't like, oh, it was an hour out of a day one day. I mean, this is this can consume one or more days a week sometimes because. And, and then there's there's also shipping. I mean, there's all types of issues, right? And so, unfortunately, when Kevin and I talk about like running the business, is a lot of work it is right i mean i wish we could so true story when kevin writes in the weekly update sean and i were excited this weekend to just write he's not lying like monday through friday we can be so busy sometimes i can't get anything else done but the immediate business needs and stuff and so i get excited that i can write on saturday and sunday you know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And no, that, I, a I lot understand of that, stuff that picks that up, right? It just, all these economic, you know, conundrums um, and logistics conundrums just, just increase that overhead. I don't
0: have to worry um, about anything like shipping or anything like that, but even just, you know, people don't understand like the YouTube side of it, right? It's not just, I show up here and all right, I'm going to talk with, uh, with Sean and then I'm going to go and spend the rest of my day with my wife or whatever. i like, no, I've got video editing. i got to prepare for this. Right, I've got right. to- Oh, and, and
1: videos are so much work. They really are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even with as much cheating as I do with those videos, because uh, so my background right now, uh, I was a graphic artist in the Air Force, as I mentioned before, right. but, but part of that also led towards a little bit of uh, video editing when the Air Force didn't know what it was going to do with my career field. And now I work in video conferencing. This is actually my job in the real world. I am a video conferencing engineer. Uh, anyway, so- there's a lot that goes on in the background. Like if I have uh, three hours you know, stream with Sean, I can guarantee you I'm working until ten o'clock tonight, with with uh, just getting everything situated, and how it has to be advertised and how it has to be. Uh, I don't want to say edited because I don't necessarily go in and do hard editing, but snipped apart uh put together and, and how am i oh, yeah, just put,
1: attaching your attaching your outro and your intro and right you know, the, the annotations
0: that go in the in the description area oh let's get the tweet ready let's get you know, all this nonsense so yeah, yeah. like there are always these little things now if you add i have to add on okay i've got to worry about a shipper and i've got to worry about getting this order done right and i've got to i mean you've done paperwork for the military so you know that <laughs> paper comes around it's never like i oh, just fill this out be two minutes no it's not
1: yeah, yeah 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 i worked yeah. on my commander's staff for a year and a half so uh i've seen it all <laughs> yeah
0: no, I, I, i'm with you because my field is so niche uh, in in dod in the military video conferencing i'm like the only person who knows how to do it. i mean mm-hmm. there are others like me but wherever we are we're the only people who know how to do it so it's like we rely on you like wait a minute so i'm doing the tier zero the tier one the tier two and the tier three oh and the form nines and the-
1: Oh, so thanks. so so just for a, a, a retrospective right um before kevin was pulled back into the day-to-day management of palladium back in so in the late 80s early 90s when he could spend four days a week writing that's when the production well that's when books were coming out every other month right? it's
0: kind of the golden age not just a palladium but i think of games oh, it, was as a, a it was an
1: art it was a gaming golden age but but my point is just that that's my thing. I feel like now I, I say this and I, 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 I truly believe it, but um, I, I understand people don't agree with me, but I think Kevin is the Stanley of role playing games. He's created so many different worlds and so many amazing characters that it, it have such wide breadth. You know, it just it really kills me to see him have to go do anything in the warehouse. It kills me to have to see to see him. You know having a hard time focusing because he's distracted by this other business matter or that matter and he's juggling all these different things every day and i, I try to take as much as i can off of his plate that's like my number one goal right but you know that's that's part of what we're trying to do is also if we can you know if we can as we are and we have been you know um, rebuilding a lot of things and the processes with the company and putting out more products you know that gives us more leverage to hire people to Take, you know, take some of that stuff off of our plate as well so mm-hmm. that we can focus more and more and more on pro- on production. So that's one of the things I will say if, if, if you know, we appreciate everyone's support, um, you know, uh, for Christmas surprise packages are coming up, right? Titan Robot. Oh, we all love uh, them. <laughs> Beyond the Supernatural um, creature feature is going to be um, going to the printer very soon. So backing all of those things help us have the ammo to make the changes and improvements that we want to make to see palladium. I think for palladium to retake its rightful position in the, in the role-playing game industry, but that's my
0: opinion. I, I, a little, reasons I love palladium so much, even, even if I'm not the riffs guy, so to speak is it doesn't matter if it's palladium fantasy. It doesn't matter if it's heroes unlimited. Again, heroes unlimited is not my jam because I don't do comics. I'm not a big superheroes person, but it doesn't matter if it's if it's Heroes Unlimited or Palladium Fantasy or After the Bomb, whatever. The lore, the setting, and how – and I'm not just talking the words on the pages. I'm just talking like how you read it, how you fall into it is the best in the industry. And to me, it always has been the best in the industry. Say what you want about a rule here. Say what you want about a game there. But but just generally speaking, the lore has been, far none, the best.
1: That's I'm I'm right there with you.
0: I'm biased, but you know, <laughs> I'm biased apparently too. But uh, Now, uh, so have you, have you looked at partnering with publishers to do print on demand? Uh, so for example, you know, if we buy something from, so one of the things that I'm not a big PDF person,
1: like, like drive through RPG.
0: Right. So I'm not a big PDF person, but I know that if I order from palladium books, I'm going to get the hard cover, which is my preference. However, I do like having the PDF in the background as well, uh, for like when we're going through our overviews on, you know, RPG digest or something. So if, if somebody were to order something from say drive and I can tell you right now, anybody who says, Lulu, you're wrong. I had my account terminated from Lulu. Don't use Lulu to do this. <laughs> just warning you. Uh, I can't go get the books printed.
1: Well, so, what, books, what, what books are it that you want to get printed that Palladium doesn't sell from our web store?
0: Well, no, no. I'm just saying, just saying I'd like to get a PDF and uh, and a print copy. This is less about me and this is more about uh, other folks. Oh, I see what use. you're saying.
1: If you want to get both. Yeah.
0: Instead of okay. having to pay twice, is there a way that somebody can, you know, obviously it's going to cost more, but just no, go to no,
1: no, no. We've 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 heard the suggestion. I totally un- uh, thanks for explaining that. Um, right now, you can get PDFs through um, through drive through RPG, and you can get physical hard copies from Palladium. Um, we do want the the store. It, it's actually a store functionality issue. I've been you know we've been looking really hard at this, um, okay. but uh, that's something that I hope we can have resolved. Um, with a store update um yeah that's like a you know i don't know if that's like a book release but we are looking at right we we, we can't do that in the middle of like say the christmas season which is a big a big time for Pladium, palladium right but um we are looking at up, up, uh, refreshing and updating the store and that is one of the the big things we want to do is be able to offer an option where you can get a bundle of both of them and so you have a discount of, uh you know or whatever um, okay so yeah no, I With, think that's a great idea and I appreciate you talking about it. It just reiterates, you know, a lot of stuff, Kevin and I have plans, but when someone says, I want this or this is important to me, that lets us know, okay, we want to make sure we do that. That is a very important thing to, to follow through on.
0: Yeah, I, f- I find myself having to buy it twice and while I don't sit here, well, I'm not going to do it then. You know, I-, I know some people are like that, but I do find it a little frustrating, like, okay, I'm waiting for the book to come, but I've got to get the PDF so that I can show in here, you know, if I don't already have it. Um, and it's just having something that we can get print on demand. And to be fair most people i think most people understand that a print on demand is going to be a touch lower quality than the getting it directly from the palladium store
1: like that well the the thing is is you know print on demand i'm yeah it's not going to be as good a quality and in general i mean we are we sell it hard copy so why yeah. would we want to do print on demand you know and it's just uh you know because then it's going to be more expensive and lower quality and we can't control the quality then either we can't control the shipping or customer service we get a lot of notes by the way if you haven't used the palladium uh, books.com, you know, our, our, uh, our store. Um, and if you ever, if you ever need help, you can go uh, put in a help desk ticket, or Mm -hmm. if you have suggestions for us, doesn't even have to be something else. You can put in a help desk ticket, um, through the palladium books website. Um, and we we're happy to have those. We appreciate them. Um, or you can post on our forums. Um, but then the other thing is, is yeah, um, we've gotten, I've gotten, um, you know, some of my friends have even told me they ordered something. And for instance, our new warehouse, uh, Lord of the warehouse, we call her crystal Willard, she, she packs things very carefully, very well. So that's one of the other advantages is we can know what kind of packing and packaging they've been doing this for 40 years, right? So, uh, Kevin knows all the ins and outs. We order specific kind of boxes and packing materials and you can get your stuff and we know you're going to have a good, uh, end result as the, as a consumer.
0: Price are better than everyone, I think. Bang for buck, I agree with that,
1: and we're trying to keep it down as much as we can. Um, and again, that's why, for instance, uh, the Titan Robotics Kickstarter is going to be a big deal because if we, you know, if we don't do that, it, you know, it, it could push up the price of the printing costs of the book a lot. So,
0: there, there hasn't been a lot of negativity, but I know there's a lot of questions. So, let's get a positive comment out there. Your love for the product is really reassuring. Oh, I, I, I agree with that.
1: Thanks. Sorry, I'm having a hard time following the <laughs> the the comment section while 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 talking and not being dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get sidetracked. All pause, the time. people think I'm like, we well, pause too long on that. Yeah, right, uh, I do it to myself all the time and be like
0: in the middle, like some sort of rant or something. Like, Let, let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, okay. Wait, what was I talking about? I just like, Damn it, I'm old. Um, We'll stay in this category here, which is, are you going to keep the... Oh, this is... Uh, no, I want to get back to that one. There's are talking about things that uh, Palladium can do now. So are there any plans for Palladium to support virtual tabletops, and is there any one in particular, Foundry, that uh, you guys would do?
1: How to answer this. Um, not that we're ready to discuss. I will say with i've i've really enjoyed um pinnacle's support of savage Rifts through roll 20 and I've, I've you know i've used it on um uh, i've used roll 20 i've used fancy grounds i've used uh foundry my favorite personally is foundry i love rolling the dice i think foundry the, is the best like, again bank buck is, yeah yeah and well and as a uh, someone who studied like interface design and stuff i think they really have something sharp going on there um the also the um the team the virtual tabletop development team that Sigil Entertainment has, um, that's working on Savage Rifts. I know one of the guys is one of my writers that I really like. Uh, we game together a lot too, just great people. Um, but for Palladium, I don't have. Uh, I can't. I, I don't have an answer for that right now.
0: Oh, Palladium's huge. Also, there are lots of bells and whistles and little minutia parts that that uh, all have to work together. I mean, hell, even making a, a character sheet that that you can uh, uh, form fill right is difficult when it comes right. to the
1: palladium right so you know and and the other thing is is you know people want a lot of things we, we know a lot of the things that people want right we are listening um and part of the trick before was just kevin didn't have the bandwidth to do it right <laughs> and so um i'm here we're, we're we're rocking and rolling and some of these things um you know i if i told you exactly what we want to do which i'm not but it would make sense why we're going to do things in certain orders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's part of the thing, too, is, is, you know, for instance, like getting through this logjam on books, I mean, that's a priority one. It'd be really nice to have virtual tabletop support. But guess what? I run riffs on on Discord uh, with a die roller and uh, we're great, you know, like, you know, so, you know, I'm not saying that I don't want to support virtual tabletops. I think they're great. I also love tabletop gaming and wargaming and tactical wargaming. And when you're, you know, well, one of the things I love about Savage Worlds and Palladium, but, you know, with Savage Worlds, you know, it's very easy. It's built to, you know, distances are measured in inches. It's very easy to switch between, you know, a, a tactical map and then a narrative gaming and then back and forth, you know, and uh, things like that are great. So, yeah, we, we would like – that is something that we definitely have on our radar, but it's not like the, you know so, – and some people would say, well, you don't know how to run a business or this is bad for the business model. And it's like, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, but from our point of view – there's very good reasons why we're taking the approach we're taking. Maybe let's talk again in a couple of years. All right. I know it sounds like a long time, but you know, I got like eight books to get out. So
0: <laughs> it's a long time until you start writing your own stuff. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've been trying to write my own for quite a while here and people are like, when are you going to get done? Max, did she say it was going to be done in 2020? Well, maybe 2025. No, leave me alone. Um, all right. Let's see. Right. Oh, I
1: will say another thing that did slow me down, um, You know we didn't want to like freak anybody out but i got COVID really bad at december 15th or something of last year and so i was out for four months oh wow had i was struggling with long covid until basically the beginning of august so that also has slowed down my production process and also just so you know i'm also juggling two uh big product releases for upcoming for savage riffs as well so um you know you're so gainfully employed it, it, see i'm very gainfully employed but sometimes people will say well it's the, why isn't titan out yet why in, well well, that's why right because all know, you
0: because all you do is you get up at you know six in the morning type and go to sleep right i mean there's I, nothing else in in the world the business of your life that you do matthew clements already wrote it we have the raw edition <laughs> there, Like, there where's you go. The final? yeah i i I, do so like when i was a graphic artist in the air force you know people do that stuff all the time i need this brochure i need this poster done like i need it done today it's like yeah that's not possible like but, but I mean, all you do is just throw some graphics on a picture. Come on back. And I'd actually bring them to the back office. I'd have them sit down and they start watching us work. And like an hour and a half later, like, oh, I got to get back. Like my, my, my commander's waiting for me. I'm like, well, so you do realize that now this isn't going to take a half hour to do because we've already been here an hour and a half. And you see what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, when can you have it done? Probably Wednesday. All right, fine. You know,
1: because <laughs> you know, sometimes they, you just have to the show problems, them. They don't, they don't know the process. Yep. And that's one of the things I want to say to the fans. Look, Kevin and I. We genuinely want to get you the products that you want because we love it too, right? We're not trying to delay anything. We're not sitting on our butts. We're actually working really hard, believe it or not, and just want to let you know we are doing our best to fulfill all these different promises and navigate and survive through the current, current economic craziness and logistics craziness the best we can. So just absolutely appreciate you. your your patience. I know we can't always explain to you exactly why things take so long, but I hope that I've been able to help you see a little bit more during this interview.
0: And to be fair, just to, just a uh the fact that he's not you get this as an intelligence analyst. I get that. But the, the sometimes the reason you're not told things is because it would cause more of a fervor, not because you think they're lying, even though that will always come up, or that you think that there's something there that they're not telling us. It's just literally the fact that if we tell you these things, you're not gonna understand it. It's not that you're stupid, but unless you understand the entire process like he was talking about, or the flip side of that is If we tell you why it's late, you're not going to like the answer and you're just going to freak out. So we're
1: just going to tell you no.
0: And I say we, I mean, I don't work for them. No, I know what what you
1: mean. Right, 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 right. Absolutely, right. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's not a fun answer. Sometimes the answer is, why didn't we get that book? Because, you know, again, this is great because I don't have to be specific about any specific book, right? But it could be just because the manuscript sucked, (laughs) you know, or the manuscript was poorly written or, or it had never got finished, you know, or whatever. Right. So, um, or, you know, we didn't have, it's not in the release schedule, whatever it might be, you know, that's another
0: great segue. So will you accept art and writing submissions and will people get paid for them?
1: Yes. That's what the Rifter is for. So, um, submit for the Rifter. Uh, the pay rate is not the same as like what we would pay. What? I'm not a full-time like employee, employee now. Right. <laughs> The rifter the rifter is is actually designed specifically so that you can get something under your belt, you can get paid for your art, whether that's, you know, physical art or writing um, and things like that. Um, and that's a, this is a great way. There's I know quite a few people actually like one of the guys on my uh, Savage Rift development team. He wrote the first he wrote a rifter. it was the first time he got his foot in the industry. And now if he wanted to, he could he wouldn't have to have his full time day job. It's awesome.
0: Uh, let's see. Do I want to hit this one or do I want to hit that one? Let's do this one first. Are you going to, this is something I didn't even know about until somebody posted this on my discord the other day. Um, are you going to keep the tradition of donating a copy of all riffs books published under him to China? Uh, I guess that's California Institute of Men.
1: Um, but we are not changing any of the, uh, Kevin has a lot of different things that he actually donates to and has been donating to for years. Um, I don't think that any of that's going to change. Now, if you're involved with a specific charity, um, that has been, uh, you know, doing things with Palladium and you see a change or whatever, uh, please contact us through the help desk. But, uh, yeah, we don't, we're not changing anything like that. No, uh, Kevin and I like to be generous with, um, good causes
0: i know i've received uh in the past and i can't remember if it's hungry ewok that sent it to me or nerdy ogre one of them but uh it was a pretty long message uh basically stating essentially that that hey uh kevin just said hey i got this from a military guy here you take it and he's like wait what i you just here you go uh, I, I'm not going to get into all of it because I don't remember the entire email and I'll misrepresent it. But essentially it was it was a donation because somebody had passed away and said, look, it's going to go to somebody who's who's using it that we respect. Here you go. And it was basically from military to military, if I understand it correctly. Um, we,
1: yeah. We, we Kevin really likes to support military. I mean, I, if I didn't know, I would have thought he was a veteran. Right. Uh, because, he, you know, uh, you know, for people that are our veterans, you expect you know certain amount of support and things like that but yeah kevin is very very uh very very has a lot of respect for that
0: listen to that veteran i know a lot of vets play the game because actually my biggest in you uh, have a lot right time yeah. playing the game was when i was in the air force uh i also know a lot of people deployed believe it or not play a lot of palladium <laughs> yes. deployed yeah. and that surprised me when uh But I'm going to ask this one now. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen because I have this question on the list anyway. So I may as well just say uh, quick start. That is something that a lot of people have been asking for. Some sort of quick start rules. Maybe, you know, not all the OCCs, not all the Lore Heroes Unlimited. Good luck with that. Uh, But, uh, you know, but something where it's like just to get somebody started with Palladium so they don't have to feel intimidated by that thick book that everybody tells them is so hard to understand, even though it's not.
1: Yeah, um, that's something that is definitely on our radar. We know there's a demand for that. Um, stay tuned. You know, the, the, those. You know, I, I can't. Again, I want to make sure that we very carefully manage expectations, but we are listening. I think that's very important. Okay.
0: And oh, I got all these Tomorrow Legion ones that I'm dreading getting to. Uh, have you? Okay, this actually kind of came up. Well, no, not this version. Let me ask this in another way. This is something actually I've been kind of not pushing for, but I would love to see one of, of, if I have one actual complaint about palladium system as a whole, it's when I want to mix and match. So first of all, uh, I saw an interview. Well, I think it was the one where you guys announced that, uh, that you were on board as like the, the heir apparent, but is I don't like mutants in orbit because it has riff crap in it. I just want the TMNT. (laughs) Now, now, to be fair though, what I actually didn't like about it is like, why are the skill lists different in this side than on this side? This right. should be unified. Right. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How, so, how about a core? Unified book of this is how you play the Palladium system and then everything else after that. And I wouldn't say a three, I'd To me, I'd say like a two revised. Um, But then everything after that, here is the Rift setting. Here's the Heroes Unlimited setting. But it still uses hand-to-hand basic is the same no matter which book you pick up. The number of attacks per round is the same no matter which book you pick up. Computer operation skill is the same except for now the Rift setting might say minus 20 from it because it's a post-apocalyptic setting or something like that. But it, but there's a core right.
1: unified book, and then everything right. else is setting from that. Yeah, kind of like how in, you know, what is it, uh, TMNT, I think, prowl starts like 20% or 30% higher because you're ninjas. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a brilliant idea. Gee, I like that idea. That's a great idea. I'll have to think about it. May I? I should tell Kevin about that.
0: I'm sure he's heard it before. <laughs> I think he heard it when he was on our stream last time. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, that's, I mean that's
1: that's, that's that, no, we're listening. Thank you. And 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 and, and um, you know, I'll turn that around. What if if we did do something like that? You know, what would people want to see in those books? Right? What exactly do you want to see? How do you want it presented? Right? <laughs> That's the, that's the turnaround there, right? You can mention it in the chat, but another thing you go put it on our forums, you can submit help desk tickets. Again, we, we, we are listening and, um, you know, we would love to do, you know, all kinds of stuff in the future. So, um, if you have ideas and the other thing I'll say is sometimes when we, how do I put this, if we solve a problem, you know, sometimes the fans, I think are really great at telling us, you know, what, what problems there are. Um, but sometimes we might solve it in a different way that you might expect. So um, you know, uh just you know keep that in mind. But um, but yeah, thank you for expressing that. And um I think that yeah, that's uh that's something that would be helpful in the future.
0: A couple of these have already been answered. So pardon me just one second here, so I'm not repeating things. All right, so I'd like to know when polite. Never mind, this one's been answered as well. It's a uh, it's beyond the supernatural magic book. We've already talked about that a couple of times. Tony, I get the hit on that one a lot. Oh, okay, here we go. What changes would you would you personally? These are just opinions that we're not everybody. If he answers this, he's not saying he's doing this. Just if there were any changes that you would make to the Palladium system while still keeping it the Palladium system, um, what uh, what changes would you like to see made? Because let's be fair, no system, I don't care if it's Savage Worlds, D&D, Palladium, Bessam, Degenesis, whatever, no system dawn's perfect, no it's
1: not uh, No system is perfect Right um, hmm. I mean, some of the stuff you talked about are really cool ideas, right? Um, kind of one ring to rule them all kind of stuff where you're not going to get big differences between settings or something even if it was just like an errata document, right? Um, but um, I don't know, there's a lot of things that uh, that Kevin and I have talked about that uh, we think are, you know, um, important about the setting. And, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, I will say, I really love the Vladium system at its core, right? And so, um, Kevin asked me if it's going well. <laughs> tell him no, right.
0: tell him oh. no. God, this Max guy is horrible. <laughs>
1: He's like, do you need to to be escaped? Yeah.
0: <laughs> something when he was on, we heard like a phone call or something. If I remember correctly, something happened. Like, oh, that's his escape route right there. Right, Ethan, like, like, right. Dog, and I talked about. Right, that. he like
1: yeah, he has the app that tells you like you know it simulates a phone call. Yeah, right. somebody, yeah. um, no, um, but yeah, I, to me the big thing is is yeah, uh, I, I really I really like the core system, and
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: want to see. I know a lot of people I think would worry like oh. Um, it, it, you know, is Sean going to make this Savage Worlds? Or something, you know, which is like just the corollary of, or are you just going to print everything in, you know, convert everything to Savage Worlds?
0: Right. And and um, all those questions were asked multiple times. That's why right. you only got it once and for I, me. I, but that I, is the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I, I, don't, I, I, I don't really have any interest in doing that, right? Because I like the core of the system. I just think there are ways that we could improve uh, presentation. And some of that could be answered through maybe starter sets and things like that, right? Um, <clears throat> so... So, yeah, um, I, again, I don't want to, like, talk too much about things we have planned um, until they're ready to be announced. So Sure.
0: All right. Let me make sure I hit all these ones I want to hit before we just start knocking out the Tomorrow Legion ones. <laughs> and then, uh, see, uh, so, okay, I, I had this
1: one start. I think we know the answer to this right now. Oh, sorry, um, Mar Hawkman. It's not about... Uh... It's not about getting, needing an alarm. It's about some someone that you're with thinking that you have a legitimate phone call and your grandma's in the hospital. And you need to leave a situation you want to get out of. Anyways, so first of all, my Ke- question is: is Kevin, Kevin retiring? retiring? No. So Kevin's like me. I used to say this. I mean, literally for years. I, I I just I'm one of those people. Like I I always told people that if I you know if I retired from say being because I always thought I was gonna you know maybe be like a professor or something like that or you know maybe do 20 years in the military or something all always said whenever i get done i'll just start i'll just write war games or role-playing games or something right you know just the you know, i have something to do and it's my it's my hobby and all that kind of stuff make my hobby my day job kind of thing um you know kevin's the same way uh for a 66 year old man <laughs> when i got here i was like whoa kevin has so much energy he's in here Like I would say 75% of the time, once, once a month or so, he will take a Sunday off. He's here every day and he's usually here before everybody and he's one, and he's one of the last people to leave. Um, And so, yeah, I, I will try to get Kevin to relax a little bit (laughs) and take weekends off, you know, as we get, um, you know, through this you know, rough economic, uh, crunch. And as you know, our plans are enacted and things, but I don't even know if I'll be able to do that guys. So, um, (laughs) Kevin is not retiring. Kevin is not retiring anytime soon. Um, he loves, he genuinely loves this. You know, if, if he had more time, he would just write more. I, I, I promise you that's what he would be doing. So, um, you know, maybe he would read comic books a little more. Um, he loves comics. Kevin loves comics. That's um, the, I mean that, that was his original
0: comics. his original interest. In this, to be a comic, right? <laughs> right. He yeah.
1: wanted to be a comic book artist. Right. And he, he thought the role-playing thing was just a side gig for his on his own, right? And he did not consider himself a writer and designer for a long time. Um, but no, no, Kevin is not not retiring.
0: Okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to add on there, you you kind of reminded me of like like I'm a crazy busy person as well. And I learned that from my grandfather. I saw that when he retired from his job. His hobbies kept him busy until the day he died in his 90s, like like woodworking and metalworking and so forth. And that's probably
1: why he lived until his 90s, right? Because right. He, ha- he was actively engaged.
0: My actual experience with that is I used to be on honor guard and drill team when I was in the Air Force. And one of the things that I noticed is that when people got out after 20 or 30 years, especially the ones that got out as chiefs, uh, like 30 year mark, they were dead within six months to a year because they had nothing to do i got mm-hmm. my retirement, nothing to do. But the ones that are like, I cannot wait to retire because I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn how to fly and I'm going to do all this. They're still kicking it, at, at, you know, well now in their 80s because my age, uh, you know, like always have something to do. Keep your yeah, they done busy. studies
1: on this, right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. If you don't, if people um, who retire and just sit around, if they could die within a few years, but people who like have a job or even, even when they get in their 90s, maybe a part-time job, I know that sounds crazy, but. Those people will live the longest because they're actively engaged in things. And, and you did, you know, a lot of, a lot of age related stuff is just you muscle atrophy, right? You don't, you're not doing strength training. You're not pushing your body. And so it, it, it just starts to fall apart. It's crazy. I, I'm I, I'm more busy with Legion of Myth stuff than I
0: shh, don't tell work this than I am with my work stuff and uh, like I, I don't play even whether it's Legion of Myth or something else whether this game I don't uh, this hobby whatever I don't plan on ending anything like I, I'm just going to keep going forward I look forward to the day that I can retire so I can finally have time to do what I want I just you know need the retirement for that right <laughs> so, right uh, let's see next on.
1: Uh, There's a lot of this, but... Let let me just throw something out there, too. And I've said this to Kevin in earnest quite a few times. One of the things that I'm really excited about is, you know, Kevin didn't call me in here on his deathbed. Kevin called me in here to work with him and be his business partner. And I've told him, you know, if we... We have we do really do have some weird like Vulcan mind meld when it comes to a lot of things. It's very, very crazy. And a lot of times he'll ask me a question, and he's like, just seeing, and then I'll probably be, be like, I think we should do this out of this complicated series of answers. And he'll be like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And it, it's kind of weird. But the great thing is, is if he was retiring, that would suck. I'd be just here on my own. I love Kevin. I love the stuff that he creates. I want to see, you know, I want to free up Kevin to write 20 more books, 30 more books, right? more as many as we can get out of him right so so that's that's part, and that's part of the beauty is that we 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 really do have a really great uh partnership and, um, a, a creative partnership, right? Not just a business partnership, but a really great creative partnership. We get along really well. We see eye to eye and we, you know, we're really dedicated to the vision and, uh, and, and it's his vision, right? But you know, I freaking love it. So I'm, I'm down. So, um, and he's also all very willing to listen and to consider all different types of ideas. So, yeah, um, that's again, just, he's not going anywhere. I won't keep long around as long as I can. And hopefully, you know, medicine will make it happen
0: i forgot to read a super chat a long time ago oh what is i don't care
1: grabs dinner is that an inside joke or i just
0: i I don't know but i'll thank you thank you the real monkey rogue for two dollars i do appreciate it by the way for those who don't know all all the super chats go to my discord so if you're not sure if you said something or if i say you didn't say something whatever it's on my discord you can yell at me about it later (laughs) there we go um it's hard to answer questions like this but we'll throw it out there Uh, are there plans for risk middle east there's no rifts Middle East on
1: the docket right now. Put it okay, that well that was easy. <laughs> I know sometimes talking about future plans can be a little hairy. So I, I know I saw something earlier. Sorry, i I I'm our time again reading the chat while talking. That's no, fine. It's my, it's my job. My, um, but uh, it, you know, people ask about California, and I don't, I don't think there's nothing official on the docket for that either. Like um, this, but you know, if you if you read the original World Book, I mean, I think you know San Andreas Fault broke, and California most of it fell into the sea or whatever. Yes. Um, I mean, what? So, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty clear on the Savage Rifts map. I have it over here. You can't see it because of my virtual green screen. And then um, it's also called the Unknown Shifting Lands. So, you know, who knows? But it's it seems like a weird place. <laughs> uh, we, we, we can show that real quickly. So there we go. Yeah, you can show it. Yeah, there you go. Unknown Shifting Lands. Which is really interesting because I'm actually a a big, like I said earlier, a a big fan of the Fallout games. And um, so it's just kind of weird that like the central hub where the where that lore started is like in riffs in this other post apocalyptic uh, setting. It's completely devoid of detail. (laughs) So.
0: All right. Uh, Tomorrow Legion, tomorrow Legion. Oh, (laughs) there's one for you. Robertson going to write the Robertson guide to adventuring in riffs?
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'd love to, um, it would, you know, there's uh, if you want to see some of my gaming advice, it's only a, it's a just a couple of pages here in Rifter 85. I did write an article about using Savage Worlds adventures using Palladium Rift's rules. Um, the Savage Rift's adventures with Palladium Rift's rules. Um, It's pretty easy, but um, if you want to, I did write. So in the second edition of the Savage Rifts Game Master's Handbook, I wrote, I I edited that. um, And one of the sections that I added was um, a section called High Octane Horror. So if you check that out, if you want to know about how to do like high powered horror, at least from my thoughts, that's a section you could check out. I think actually a lot of Palladium Rifts fans would enjoy some of the stuff in the uh, Savage Rifts Game Master's Guide, and in the back, it's got mission generation tables for the Tomorrow Legion, mm-hmm. but it, you, it could be for a mercenary group, right? You can file off the serial number. I don't like Tomorrow Legion. Cool, you know, just or I want to use it, but I don't want like I even run campaigns where you're not the Tomorrow Legion, right? So, oh, you're a mercenary company. Okay, well, you can still do this mission, right? That is honestly the, one of the things that I remember
0: from because uh, because again, I got the three tomorrow legion bookstore at least the three that i that i knew of at the time uh tomorrow legion books down there that i remember from the game mesh guys like this is actually pretty good for any group
1: no <laughs> it is and i i actually had a really good time um the they have random dimension generation tables and ended up i mean that's a whole thing but i've told some stories about it before in an interview but we had so much fun we, with uh there was a ley line storm i rolled it created a random rift i rolled you know and what kind of you know where do they go i rolled and i was like guys Go grab pizza for twenty minutes and come back. And <laughs> do, we were do, off do you to the do race. you watch
0: the old Transformers? That reminds me of the old Transformers movies when the Autobots and Decepticons went to this little fantasy world with magic and so forth. I'm oh, like, I
1: don't remember that episode. No, I, think it I, like this, I watched a lot of Transformers as a kid. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was one of the Gen. It was after the movie, so it was like uh, the
1: second uh, uh, whatever. Uh, it's Gen One, but it was went <laughs> fast. Like, what is this? Like, yeah, in my in my game, you know, I ended up with a Cthulhu invaded eighteen hundreds Earth and you know i decided that i was like and they were near louisiana in the game and i said well what if napoleon never sold the louisiana purchase because i mean it was right in napoleon's Mm -hmm. time frame i was like so i gotta i gotta do napoleon so um yeah basically napoleon's court wizard was helping the players get back to their reality, but they had to participate in this massive battle with po- Napoleon's forces against these Cthulhu Chthonic invaders um, over, you know, fighting over basically a, a line nexus point at a time of stellar convergence, so they could get back home. Um, we had fun. <laughs> so here's a
0: positive comment. Please create more books. You made the last two raptors a manhunter, like a stream, and salivated for a more upcoming to be done project.
1: Well, we're that's what we're working on, right? So, um, I've actually done quite a bit of proofreading on the side for Beyond the Supernatural Creature feature. I think people are going to really enjoy it, and you can use those monsters with with other games as well. Um, and then uh, the uh, Titan Robotics, I think people will really enjoy. Um, so, keep your eye eyes peeled. We'll have that coming in um, the next few weeks, and then uh, yeah, if you want. Um, yeah, again, I think that uh, if you want to check out the Savage Rift stuff, it can be a really great reference. Um, the Empires of Humanity that I wrote, Atlantis and the Demon Seas uh, that I wrote. Um, the, we have new books coming, uh, Land of a Thousand Islands for South America. Uh, they'll be coming to Kickstarter along with... Um, terror on the dark frontier which is a really great adventure campaign um the other thing i will say is if you go check out my books like empire's humanity and atlantis and the demon seas you can see i wrote the plot point campaigns they have extended campaigns that you can play with your friends and so i wrote both of those so if you want again you could kind of osmosis see how i wrote a campaign one of the things about writing is always tough is Writing and including what you would do as a game master if you were running it, right? So, kind of like pass that on. But, um, but yeah, those are those are other things that you can check out if you
0: every want. time you um, say Empires of Humanity, my ears peer up Like, yeah, oh, wait, that's not after the bomb. Dang
1: it. No, not the after the bomb. Sorry, yeah,
0: because <laughs> after the bomb is my gem. That's what I if I right. were to run anything now, it'd be after the bomb. Uh, I mean, there, there's some aspects after the bomb, like, eh, like I, you can keep the chimeras. I'm not going to deal with that nonsense, but there, there's so much of it that I just, right. I, I've run, I've run TMNT the old way, you know, the original after the bomb so many times that, uh, right. that's, that's where I come from. So it's crafting- funny. I, I,
1: I, didn't do after the bomb personally. I I've never read it. So, you know, um, I've seen it, I've flip through we we right? had but thought we we covered that
0: this game. year much to heathen dog's chagrin because he's not into uh anthropomorphic animals and i love anthropomorphic animal games i remember uh, I,
1: I actually saw i actually saw that one yeah um yeah i, I thought that was really funny he <laughs> he really doesn't like him
0: no no he does not but uh, so when i did the duck uh, uh but i have to say well no i'm not going to get that. we have a series on that if anybody cares to watch we did cover after the bomb this year and it was great to hear kevin say that it's becoming more popular i was like that's awesome so then maybe some it's more stuff will come Things out for go it. in
1: cycles yeah and we're doing our best to try and support everything that we can yeah
0: absolutely so, so crafty asked this a while ago and he was talking about the the savage world's first edition versus suede edition right so how do you know if you have the oh. first edition print
1: so the main thing is on the cover underneath the savage world's logo it'll say adventure edition that's the uh-huh. second edition that's the second edition savagerous books
0: that logo right
1: yes it has that logo instead of the um in, you know the 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 older logo just didn't have that black bar at the bottom thank you
0: all right I think I think we're now leading towards uh oh one more I don't know what this is about uh why did it put, uh put Uh, I got Pinnacle. Thank you. Uh, Entertainment group changed the cover of the Atlantis book to cover up the Altarians' clothing. I don't know anything about that. Or is that, is that a riffs thing?
1: Yeah. So the cover of Atlantis and the Demon Seas did have a minor revision made to it. Okay. So um, it was discussed during the, uh, during the Kickstarter and they put out a statement about why they were doing it on the Kickstarter. So if you'd like to go read that on the Kickstarter, you can do that, but I'm not going to uh, make another statement for Pinnacle there. Fair enough.
0: All right. Um, okay. I, I keep doing that, so now it's on the screen for a moment. Uh, any last things I want? to... Because everything else I have is now tomorrow Legion stuff. So I hope you're ready. Oh, there sorry. we go. This is a nice comment. I plan getting everything Chaos Earth for myself for Christmas. Chaos Earth is where Heathen Dog says he said my, my the reasons that I don't like Rifts is because I didn't start with Chaos Earth because he knows he understands my mindset. He's like I think that if the Max here starts with Chaos Earth, he will love
1: Rifts more, and uh, that might be true. I, I think you, you should give about the- it. This is one of my favorite games, actually my favorite game ever. So I would say read this book and then make a decision. I think because well, you, I said you, have you the, haven't read it. I, I have the thirtieth have year, year and I have Rifts Ultimate. Uh, if you don't, if you don't, but read that one. Read the OG and just go through that and and you know, just you know, then tell me. Then you can come back and tell me. Oh, I get it, or no, I don't get it. And we can have Well, to
0: be fair, I kind of felt like I started getting. I, you know, people have been telling me this for a long time. Max, Max, Max. Riffs is great because you can do anything. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I like limits.
1: I kind That's of not them. why I play Riffs.
0: But but that's how they always that's how they always get me. And I'm like, and something doesn't feel right about that because I can do anything. Oh, you can make a dragon. Well, I don't know. I'm not playing Council of Worms again. Um, you know, but you can have this, you can have this. And don't get me wrong, some of the stuff is really iconic. I absolutely love the concept of juicers especially the write-up of the juicer in the Ultimates book, because he writes, hold on, slow your roll here. This isn't just having vast power. This is a character who knows that death is before him, right? Right. And this is why I love when the, when the authors do put that intent in there. I'm like, great. I love the crazies. I just like, that's never, I've never seen that before. And it kind of makes sense for post-apocalyptic stuff. So there's so much that I love, but then all of a sudden we're fighting bug people up. You took over my hometown with bug people. Now it's coalition. Uh, but uh, you just got this weird stuff coming. Oh, and you can take your stuff from Heroes Unlimited in here. It's like, if I wanted to play Heroes Unlimited, I'd play Heroes Unlimited. I'm trying to play risk. And as a young, as a younger person, I won't say it was confusing, but it was just, it's like analysis paralysis type stuff. It's just too much. Way over the top. I like controls. I like limitations. I like, I like understanding the setting more. And just for years, I just I don't hate by by no means am I a hater. It's just it's not for me, right? But when Kevin was on here and he's like, Yeah, I pretty much designed that because I wanted somebody to be able to play whatever they wanted to play in a setting. I was like, well, that's what everybody's been telling me. And I didn't like it. Why all of a sudden when you say it, does it make sense? <laughs>
1: Well, for me, the thing that sold me, I remember when I got the book is, you know, reading the, 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 this, you know, to me, one of the central parts of the book is Aaron Tarn writing about this is the state of the world. These are all the different settlements. These are the people who've survived. This is the dangers that to me was like really killer. Another thing was the, the prophecy of the, of, of the, uh you know, the foretold dangers and stuff like that. So, um, Devouring Swarm and all this stuff. And to me, that was this, it was this to me, Rifts is more like I mean, I know it has a lot of other things, but to me it's it's again it's it's action horror. It's like aliens, right? Um and you might have the big pulse guns and a tank and you know all this stuff, but it's a lot of times or, or yeah the avengers was great i thought uh the the avengers series of movies was good too because it was again it's high power high stakes right and that and that really i really like that um yeah i'm not in the comic books, so <laughs> like that oh i'm not, not in the comics i'm talking i'm talking about the movies i thought the movies were great if, um, if somebody would have said to me what, you,
0: what you're saying right now because you are speaking to me because when i played riffs especially when i played it when it first came out in the 90s it was always just how much over-the-top nonsense can the Game Master put in there? But if it were run, because this is how yeah. I actually run my After the Bomb games, is this is a very dark setting. It is not comical. Just because you got a mutant, whatever, beaver in there, does not mean that we're going to be you know playing elven and the Chipmunks here. We're, we're, we're It's a dark setting. Oh, well, this yeah. was always done as bright colors and big and gonzo and all this. I'm like, eh. If you told me that we're playing aliens, basically, just with Borg... Crazy Leyline Walker, Burster, you know, type thing, I would be like, holy crap, this is my favorite game.
1: So, so and just look at the color palette and the dark energy on the cover of the original book. To me, it says it says there's darkness, right? So, and that was why when I wrote the request for the cover for Atlantis and the Demon Seas, I wanted homage to this. And I think that uh Aaron J. Riley, the artist, did a kick-ass job, you know. Cause he loves, he actually was a fan of, uh, of, uh, Keith Parkinson as well. And so I said, Hey, can you, you know, and he's, and he also did this art. This is, uh, behind me on the virtual green screen mm-hmm. is the art he did for the cover of, of the upcoming boxed campaign terror on the dark frontier. I have two is- signed you know,
0: paintings from Keith Parkinson. One's at work and that's of the, the Wolfen summoning the, the skeletons. That's one of my favorite paintings of absolutely all time. And then I have his, uh, it's Kalen and uh, I forget uh, Richard uh, painting up there from uh, the uh, uh,
1: sort of Truth series. Well, you know, if you like that uh, Wolf Wolfen summoning the skeletons, Kevin's got the original here. If you want to come by the office sometime, also well, when, got I'm, the when I'm up there in the- Michigan, I'm
0: making it When I go up there, so one day I will go up there to visit Heathen Dog again when I can get out of Alabama. Yes, I absolutely plan on coming by, and I will actually Don't if my shirt is this wide when I'm walking out. Just don't look under it. <laughs>
1: right right yeah i mean but to me you know for me riffs is 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 those more of those things and less of and uh, people can play it however they want i'm not mm-hmm. trying to tell people i've heard people say they turn the coalition to this steampunk thing that's cool like you know do what you want to do right make it your game i think that's awesome but i you know,
0: think to think more and more it's just how i was exposed to it then because again hearing you talk about it, hearing kevin talk about it, i'm like actually riff sounds pretty awesome now
1: well and, and i i see the Biv. it's hard for me to track these but he said you can totally change the feel of riffs just by moving to a different part of the world absolutely mm-hmm. if you play a campaign you know and even you know for instance you play a campaign in, in 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 atlantis or you play a campaign in south america or you play a campaign in tracks you know in germany or uk play a campaign in england right you're gonna have i think you could have completely different or the new west you have completely different experiences so
0: that that's one Um, of the things that that, heathen dog brought up with kevin and heathen dog i still don't think heathen dog was wrong uh i I think he's taking too much of a one or zero on this one is heathen dog and i both agree on this i'll get to that super chat in a moment here is that uh we think that one of the best things about riffs is the fact that i can have an entire campaign set in texas right? right uh lone star I can have an another one up in Quebec with some glitter boys. I can, you know, I can do all these things. I don't have to go too far. I can. I'm just saying I don't have to go too far. And when that campaign's over, we can set a brand new campaign with brand new characters, have a completely different feel somewhere else. Now, Heathen Dog was kind of corrected by Kevin on this one, although I'm going to stand by it. Uh, I don't think that the realms should be mixed and matched. I think if you play in New West, you should be playing New West. You shouldn't bring in all this other stuff because because it has its own New West feel. If you're playing in Mexico with all the vampires, stick around in Mexico with the vampires. You know, don't worry about what's going on in Canada or trying to pull something from Mystic Russia over. It's just if you want to do Mystic Russia, do Mystic Russia. You, you know, again, I'm not saying it's wrong that anybody does that, but I think actually that's kind of an advantage for it is that you can play all these different settings. You have a lifetime of games in front of you.
1: Right. Just by just right. through one setting you know um i don't know i mean i think riffs was very much designed so you could move around but it doesn't mean that you're moving into some place that's equally nice or less dangerous right so um i had a a group of players um you know my good buddies and um they well they were participating i you know i just were uprising right and i had phase world and Actually, the funny thing was, is they, they they were playing in the Juicer Uprising campaign and there's the Vla- the Vlax, I think, um, aliens. And anyways, they found their secret hideout and then they got trapped. And so as a way to let them survive, I let the, the Vlax are these invading aliens and I let them escape through a portal to Phase World using one of the Vlax's okay. ships. They're trying to escape Rift's Earth, right? Or bring a portal for an invasion and stuff. And so anyways, I let them escape to phase world. And then it was, oh, my gosh, we're completely outgunned by everybody. We need to get our hands on some tech. They did. And then we had, you know, some crazy adventures. And then they went back to they wanted to go back to Earth and they accidentally ended up on. I mean, I mean they got back to Earth, but they ended up back in um, Actually, I'm missing up two campaigns, but anyways, they, you know, another campaign, they went to Wormwood and then they went to uh, Atlantis, right? And Atlantis is very, 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 very dangerous, right? And so, you know, but it's, I enjoyed that, right? Because it's like, well, hey, you need to adapt to this new environment. You need to get the new gear. You need to see, now I've usually seen it
0: done the opposite. Like, oh, I'm using an Atlantis. Well, uh, that's where the Splugorth are, isn't it? I remember correctly uh so maybe that again i don't know my riffs well but that's the
1: thing like a lot of stuff from atlantis you know kevin will put oh you this is optionally you could play a conservator as a player character but really to me the conservators are there to tear apart player characters (laughs) right but but what
0: i'm saying is like let's use juicer uprising i think that's a good example is like i want to i'm going to play a a juicer at a juicer uprising over here and I'm, i'm like you know the the scope creep in some of those books is just way different if you want to play if you want to play a high magic game i don't think that you should be taking a character out of england and bringing it over to you know we'll say uh castle refuge i just for me that again your mileage may vary and everybody in chat who's yelling at me that breaks the spirit of the game i get it i'm just saying that's how i operate i just think if i wanted to play with that high magic that druidic power i would stay there if i wanted to play a time travel i'd just go to japan now the way you described it, again, going to Phase World. First of all, if they go to Phase World. It's like, um, we're in space. I thought that wasn't
1: possible, <laughs> number one. Right. Uh, and well, then Uh Because these aliens built a spaceship, right? And yeah. they were like, what's going on? We got to get out of here. It seems to be a vehicle of some sort, you know? Right. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I, I and think that, but again, for a campaign, right? We had finished the plot line. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, it was a crescendo to season two sure Right. if that was season one this is season two and we have more episodes in that season right mm-hmm.
0: i guess what i'm not articulating well is i usually see it go the other way you went and said okay now you're outgunned as i usually see it the other way the characters are overpowered for what's going on because they're doing the scope creep out of these other books and trying oh, to bring it into I think a, a game normal master
1: needs to ruthlessly destroy that and if, Thank you, you. Know, if you if you have a campaign idea you need to, and you, and you know, sell it to the players, right? I mean, everybody should be playing something they want to play, but if you're the game master, you, and you, you, you say, we need to do this. you Lock it down. Right. We had, I had a campaign. This is Savage Rifts, but I mean, it's Rifts, but we actually had a campaign where we said, no, no, no full conversion cyborgs, no, no. no, 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 no mind melters. We wanted something that was, it was, uh, it was set in texas right Okay. but we wanted something that was more mad max and oh, okay i mean i even called you know you know my car that and then, you know his the name of his car right and uh, the interceptor and you know so we just we we did now my character was a um you know a side stalker gunslinger right um but you know all the heroes there was a headhunter right there was a guy that was a power pilot but he wasn't like a glitter boy right he had a um he was Uh, just a robotic really yeah he was just a pilot that he had a bandito um sidewinder samus um but you know that he had like killed someone and stolen is what his story was they're all they're all kind of low life like anti-heroes i Um, really
0: think more people need to hear stuff like this that hey game masters even though the game allows you to do everything put limits on that that
1: match your setting I saw something about someone saying they they played a a campaign where everyone was dog boys doing missions that's too dangerous for everybody else. And it was a five dollar super chat. (laughs) Right. And you could do I've heard people say this, uh, a noir detective thriller set in Chi town in the burbs. You can do that. That's riffs, right? You go pick up coalition, you know. Uh, war campaign, you can go get the Spectre, the ISS Inspector, Internal Security Services Inspector, you know, and some some nutsets. And, 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 and you know, uh, have a good time, right? I mean, it, you could do all types of stuff. That's one of the things I think is great about Coalition Manhunters, actually, is it revisits a lot of the themes with Dog Boys and the Manhunters, which are Psychic Assassins, and the Thought Police in the Coalition. Um, and it really expands upon um, a lot of those themes as well as psychic ability. I'm definitely
0: getting that book because so I'm going to utilize it for the Empire of Humanity in an after-the-bomb game. I, I, I find the coalition to be a little overpowered for the Empire of Humanity, but it's how I like to see the Empire of
1: Humanity. Well, uh, and, and another thing that I've heard one of my buddies said, um, it's Aaron Burkett. He's um, one of the writers on uh, Savage Rift stuff. And he, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, if you have rifts, then every Palladium product is, is a rift source book. Yeah. Right? So... It could be, but the, the the reverse is true.
0: All right. Are we ready for all the Tomorrow Legion stuff?
1: Sure. <laughs> okay,
0: on. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to just kind of go in the order that I've got here. So hopefully it makes somewhat uh, sense. I'm going to start with the chat. Then I'm going to go with the questions that came up on discord. So, uh, right. I was okay with Savage World until they screwed up riffs. I don't know what that means because no, how did, There's how was no, riffs screwed up? You specific. got, you got to, yeah, I got to put something in there.
1: Specificity.
0: So please tell me you're not going to change the lore. Now that you're getting a little closer. No, I've, done,
1: I've actually bent over backwards to not change the lore. Now, um, part of my mandate here is to move continually to move things forward, right? Uh, Titan Robotics, for instance, the whole point of me working on the book is to expand the lore, right? So, but uh, no, I, I I don't have any interest in change. I love the lore, you know, and in fact, I've had a lot of conversations with Kevin about is this the spirit of this? Does this fit this? So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, super dialed in on on being I'm I'm a I'm a lore junkie for riffs. I love that was when I would go on family vacations. I would just take Riff's books and I'd reread them. So, so I did that yeah. with Palladium Fantasy books. <laughs> the first, yeah, the first I mean the, the golden age of riffs, the first 10 years of riffs too, like those books I basically know like the back of my hand. And actually i still have trouble with the ultimate edition. Um, I reference it all the, like all the time, like every day for work, and I still have a hard time finding things because in my brain it's the original, right? The original release. All right, uh, this is one that's come up
0: a few times. It's actually on my questions list as well, so I won't have to ask it since it's here. Um, dwarves don't use magic. I know that was that's a Tomorrow Legion.
1: Uh, dwarves don't use magic. Um, well, they do use techno wizardry in riffs um if you read about kingsdale and columbia for instance or even um queenston harbor uh dwarves are around and working with stuff like that all the time in riffs so uh i guess that's a dig at the tomorrow legion because some dwarves found a castle um and well found Oh, you, you i don't know if anyone knows this but there is a play like the the castle refuge there is a castle a real world castle that someone built there in real life it's kind of crazy and um so the whole idea behind the lore is that these dwarfs found it and we're like well at least we can rebuild this and refortify it and stuff like that when a lot of the other magic and stuff gets added to the the castle it's not i mean unless i'm misreading the tomorrow legion or the the game master's guide it's it's people that they're working with them that are redoing a lot of that. Um, Maybe there's a specific NPC in one of those books, but I don't remember a dwarf that is using magic.
0: Yeah. That came came Um, up a couple of times. So like I said, once in the chat here, I I wish I could speak intelligently on it. To be honest, I did read the tomorrow Legion book when I got it months ago, but as not an aficionado of Rift's lore, I couldn't say what's right and what's wrong. And, Honest, when I I look at it, I'd be like, it's riffs. Why wouldn't there's probably a dwarf from some other dimension that gets well? I mean, just
1: like I, I mean, the way I see it, and you know, if someone has something specific, they want to say this character or this thing or this thing on this, you know, I, I I really, the thing I'm saying is, is I want to hear details, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that I'd say is, is, yeah, I mean, Kingsdale has tons of dwarves and elves, and you know, but those dwarves are in the middle of, you know. A lot of people that are using magic so
0: so apparently the OCCs RCCs got nerfed
1: is Um, that for savage
0: for savage riffs
1: I don't know what they're talking yeah I mean the it says icon so the iconic frameworks there were some people that did think that and right and so when I did the uh the three-month uh fan feedback period, and whether literally you can go see it on the 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 pinnacle entertainment group forums there were like over a thousand threads and I read and answered all of them um yeah um, well, kudos to Shane, he paid me to do it. So, um, but no, I did my best to dial in all those details and make sure that, um, Good. the Leyline Walker, the Mystic, right? Um, or not the Mystic, uh, well, there was some stuff to the Mystic, but mostly the Leyline Walker, the Mind Melter. There was, there's was other, a lot of other tweaks and changes to try and bring everything as tightly, uh, in as we could with the lore. Um, there were revisions. There was a big, uh, I, you know, I don't, Damage in Savage Worlds works very differently than damage in hit points based or MDC, SDC systems, right? It's not just subtractive from a total. Um, It's more like Warhammer 40,000 where you roll to hit your target. Then you roll to see if you take the strength of the weapon, you roll to see if it it wounded the target's toughness. And so... um, you know, I did a whole pass on that as well. So a lot of things should be a lot more. Well, that, that goes to what we were talking about before, though. The system matters.
0: Uh, the setting, or yeah, the system influences the setting. It and, does. And so a lot, a lot of people again, I'll just to reiterate, was well, like riffs is riffs is riffs. It doesn't matter. I, I can run riffs in any system. Well, I'm sure you can. But it wouldn't be the same. I mean, I could run it all in D6. I well, could it run it all different. in D6. I mean, if you, you, can't, exactly. you
1: can't. The spells aren't exactly the same, right? Uh, it's really weird that I'm seeing people, I've seen this in another comment here, um, where people saying that they feel like the characters are nerfed and it's not the same scale as Palladium, which is odd because I felt like it was way overpowered. If you compared the level of a first level Cyber Knight to the effectiveness of a first level Cyber Knight, in savage rifts first edition i felt like there was a massive power disparity in 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 savage Rifts. um same thing for the techno wizard for instance um techno wizardry is is you know there's a lot of things that are very powerful in savage Mm -hmm. Rifts, um uh and so uh, that's just interesting to hear people say that and again i don't know if that's if they you know if their experience was the first edition which is most likely or not or how much they've played savage worlds another thing that can be very difficult is that damage model and feeling like you know mega damage and stuff like that is there but it it, it translates over very differently so if you're new right. to savage worlds and savage rifts i think it can be more difficult than if you maybe had played savage worlds a bit before and then you came to savage rifts
0: all right all right this is something i've got to read off this was a long i pared it down as much as i could sure <laughs> I've got some deep lore complaints. All right. Okay. First one, uh, Greyhammer, founded by the Legion, is a dwarf and cast magic. Okay, they're back to that one. Uh Palladium Fantasy dwarves have forsaken magic for seven thousand years. Uh, my answer to this was, it's not Palladium Fantasy. What's
1: It's not Palladium Fantasy. That's the problem. Um, if they they make people make assumptions about stuff like that. Um, so, from my understanding, talking with Sean Fan, I didn't write the initial Tomorrow Legion stuff, right? Um, is that those dwarves were from his own Shane Tar setting, where dwarves are master runesmiths and okay. um can wield magic in I think mechanicalistic ways like that. So for him, he's that's actually probably a nod to his own personal Creation. And guess what? If I created my own fantasy setting, I'd probably do something like that too. But <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean that they're palladium. They're not the the dwarves of Castle Refuge. If that might help people out a lot, is the dwarves of Castle Refuge are short humans from another dimension that is not palladium fantasy. Let's put it that way.
0: There we go. Somebody clipped that. Put that out there. Um the only member that seems to fit Rift setting is the detox juicer head of education. Somebody successfully detoxed? That's a hard roll to make. Uh, after that, it's Elf, Elf, and Elf-like. No other characters fit riffs. Not a single one is, what the hell is a Grackletooth or a Broadkill? I don't know what those are, but I'm guessing they're riffs monsters or something.
1: So yeah, Broadkill or riffs monsters, Grackletooth or riff monsters, or, or riffs, it's a RCC, a race. I mean, that's not, there's nothing objective there. That's all subjective. I don't okay. feel like I have to answer subjective Okay. I mean, if you want to talk to me about lore, if you want to literally talk to me about this line of the lore is wrong or this the this is strong, this, like the physical strength of this isn't reflected well in Savage Rifts or something, we can have a conversation. But if it's just subjective, I don't like it and I'm not going to tell you any details, that's not <laughs> right. lore, right? And and yeah, it does feel a little different because Savage Worlds is a completely different game system. It has a completely different model of Attributes, uh, damage, all types of stuff. So powers, um, how you use powers. I mean, completely different. But yeah, I mean, that's all very subjective. But if you want to come at me and tell me where we got lore wrong, I'd be happy to hear it, and I'll I'll change the file while we're on stream, so that the <laughs> next time that's printed or the or the or a PDF is 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 updated, it will be fixed. I'm saying I wish
0: I knew Rifts lore because I'd find the one where, no, I'm just... all right, so. Listing Aaron Tarn as the head dragon guy of Laszlo as, quote-unquote, honorary members in consulting position. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not finishing. Sorry. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm not finishing that one because I didn't, I guess, apparently didn't read what the end of that was. Um, a TL government structure lacks the plans. Okay. That's dumb, too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> At least you said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've, I've tried... To, so Heathen Dog is, like I said, the, the Rifts guy. So I had to pull these at the last second here and be like, well, these I'll are the questions if that you want up- If
1: we <laughs> want to do a, a a Rifts lore stream, I'll do it. You know, I I anything to put, you know, to put my word out there. And yep. Kevin's, the thing is, is I've discussed all of this stuff with Kevin, too. Mm-hmm. Know, people seem to forget that he approved all of it. Uh, this is what mean, actually one like, that did interesting. It's weird is he likes, like I said, he likes the Tomorrow Legion. He wants excellent it in palladium. So,
0: well, and and just so everybody in chat knows, uh, the reason why I'm asking these questions is because you guys asked it. Uh, this is not for my benefit. This is for your benefit, and he's willing to answer them. So let's let's yeah, clear the air. With I this just, stuff, if, it's, so. if it's
1: if it's if it's subjective, it's hard to, for me to answer that. You're like, I don't like it. I don't know why. You know. So, but if you can tell me what you feel is wrong, it's one of the reasons
0: wrong. I love Phase World,
1: <laughs> Wolf and Our Cops and Fa- I love those. What are the Quatoria? <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah.
0: I, 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 just, I don't know what it is, but Wolfen is like an anthropomorphic animal, right? Uh, it's my
1: favorite race to play in, played in fantasy. I, I think uh, they're really interesting as compared to, like, gnolls, because they're not hyenas. They're wolves. They're pack hunters. They're team members. They're smart. They're cunning. That's why, that's why I think the things that Kevin and I were discussing this the other day is one of the things I think is really cool about Wolfen. Anyways.
0: Well, they're also pretty much, uh, subjectively, the only good guys, too. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. So, Hey, about- Peter. I don't want to ask this. I'll
1: put you that can on the however you want.
0: Uh so uh, castle refuge is near coalition territory. So if they're within the territory, what happens when they recruit from a town that the coalition states have claimed? What are they going to do if the towns that don't want anything to do with them?
1: Well, if the, I towns think don't, up the game master, isn't it? It is up to the game master. I mean, it's kind of a starting point. Um uh so they the coal they, the so castle refuge a does not invade coalition territory which is very clearly marked on the Rifts for mm-hmm. savage worlds map set the north america map um which is like hardcore riffs lore just put it that way um i mean all even down to you know the the rivers chosen for borders of actual displayed control zones right so if you go over there yeah i mean Castle Refuge is not going to try and recruit people from within the shaded area of C.S. El Dorado, south of well, I forget the name of that river right now, or you know, um, south of C.S. Missouri's line um, it's at the Buffalo I mean, I River? Guess, yeah, and, and and the thing is, is uh, Castle Refuge doesn't really actively go out and recruit people. Come to Sa- Castle Refuge because of uh, you know Aaron Tarn and uh, Sir, you know, uh, you know Sir Coke putting out, Lord Coke putting out the call for heroes so could it be
0: one of those things that you talked about before where there's a mistake like you know it talks about oh the cs is in part of missouri and they think it's like all the way down here like they're next-door neighbors
1: i think people get confused with that because you know if you don't have a very clear map that can sound very confusing that's there inside missouri well so is kingsdale right Mm -hmm. um but you know what what happens see so the thing is you have to understand the tomorrow legion is essentially a an aid organization put together by the Cyber Knights. So unless you start gunning down coalition troops, your characters are going to be seen as Cyber Knight adjacent, right? Or, you know, one of those wandering bands of heroes. Now, obviously, if players want to do certain things. And I will say that some of the original adventures written for Savage Rifts in the first edition did directly pit the the heroes against the coalition. Um, and that sets a certain tone for your campaign. But in, you know, when I run it, the that's a big decision for the players. Do they, you know, uh one of the really great introductory adventures written by Ross Ross Watson is called The Garnet Town Gambit. There's a there's a town in uh the northern arkansas region that the coalition is trying to court and the federation of magic is trying to court and the tomorrow legion is trying well they get involved and they're trying to court them as well and so depending on how you but you're not like just walking in everybody's shooting right so how you dis the what the players decide in the campaign that is one of the core conceits of riffs for savage worlds is how do your player group approach things because the tomorrow legion is actually mostly an army and militia that defends castle refuge Mm -hmm. and protects caravans of refugees coming in to castle refuge and refuge city. Um, But the most of the players play what are called special exploratory teams or sets. And so you are like a kind of like a trusted special forces team that might even be sent To another continent, right? To do something um, or to try and establish relations. Like for instance, in Atlantis and the Demon Seas, there's an adventure where you establish relations with um, Tritonia and the New Navy. There's another one where you're establishing relations with um, Lemuria right? Just some sort of dialogue and discussion. And so that can, that's, that's a big part. It's, 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 it's big adventure, but in some ways it's almost like Star Trek in that way, in that you're beyond the borders of the Federation, right? You're trying to gather allies and, you know, act as, you know, sometimes making these moral decisions when there's no other actors around.
0: So in a way, kind of like Babylon five or deep space nine, like, like you're there, you're part of that, that series, I guess you'd say that IP, but you're pretty much by yourself.
1: Yeah. You're, you're out in the fringes. Right. And and now I do, I did play, I've played one of my buddies ran it and it was fun um, where we were near castle refuge a lot. And a lot of people enjoy doing that. And that's cool. Right. But those are very, that could, that's going to, you're probably not going to be running into much coalition or federation of magic unless, you know, because they don't control that territory um, unless you run into a random patrol or something. Okay.
0: I'm skipping the rest of his questions except for one more that's related to that one, which is, uh, so it seems that they're in within missile range of coalition states and passing out leaflets about their own form of government. That's just taunting to be blasted.
1: I don't know about any leaflets. Can you give me the reference yeah. page number on that? And yes, yeah, so is Kingsdale. So is the Pecos Empire. Uh, so is Houston. So is... Uh, Town, So is new Laszlo there. Everybody in North America. So are the Zytikik. They're all within missile range of the coalition. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, why isn't the coalition firebomb everything they can? I don't, I mean, I, because, well, didn't they
0: try that in Quebec.
1: Well, re, yeah, right. I mean, they, they really bit off more than they can true and and then they, they pulled the classic military blunder of fighting a, <laughs> a Eastern front and Western front war. Um, uh an Aaron Turner journal book would be
0: really useful. That would be cool. Indigo Dragon, you have now been commissioned to write it. <laughs> And all right, this is the last one I'm going to ask on this because honestly, my I don't think it's a good interview just to have uh, Sean on the defensive all the time, especially since I can't talk to much of this. Uh, But the last one is: I hope Sean stops trying to make riffs have this white knight BS and stop putting pro gay and Marxist crap. Okay, I didn't see that last
1: part. I apologize. Uh, No, no, no. no. Let me, let me, let me talk to this. Like again, you can make accusations, but unless you're specific, I really don't know what you're talking about, and I don't feel like there's been any. Thing weird or anything that would fit that description in Palladium, in my opinion, um, people obviously have all types of opinions right now. On screen. I just.
0: Do so, travel continents have their own danger challenges here?
1: Um. Yes. So if you check out the well, then this is for. Um, Savage riffs, but Peter, you could use it. You can. I mean, the thing is, anything I tell you about it that's in Savage Rifts, you can also use in Palladium riffs, right? Just go look up the stat entries for the Palladium thing instead of the Savage thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that um, you could really use um, some of the long distance travel rules in. Um, the Tomorrow Legion uh, field manual that I, I wrote that section. Um, and I think I've I've used them. I have friends that use them. We get a lot of mileage about the, uh, out of those for um, challenges and encounters. Um, of course, plating books usually have tons and tons of great, um, uh, you know, tables that you can Oops. roll on. Right. And stuff like that. Oh, OK. OK. And then, you know, the other thing is, is we are doing uh, in, in the Savage Rifts world books each. Um, each section of the world should have, it's, they all do have their own encounter tables. And, uh, with terror on the dark frontier, we're also adding, um, non-combat like obstacles, um, friendlies or allies, and maybe even treasure tables as well for each section of the coalition frontier or the new frontier that is, you know, kind of between the coalition borders and the Colorado Barony and the new West.
0: All right. Well, you have graced us with three and a half hours so far, which I very much appreciate. Uh, so I, I would like to finish this off with however long it takes uh, in just kind of talking about the future now in terms of just uh, not specific product, but just ways you would like to take riffs in a general level, uh, Palladium books, just kind of wrap everything up here. I know we talked about some of this before, but uh, what can fans hope for in the future, uh, again, without being specific, because I understand that the, the issues with that, like what, what can we get excited for coming up?
1: Well, first off, the big thing that um, that Kevin and I are really devoted to is getting you the big uh, books that I mean, it's, it's crazy From in I, I uh, how I put this, you know, just to see the art and the cover painting and, you know, go through the manuscript that we have for Antarctica now that was a year ago blew my mind right and there are eight books like that right so um and there's and there's about four more that are in approaching that level so the big thing for me that i'm super excited about in the near future is getting you the stuff that um has been announced and has been promised and that uh you know these are major products We sometimes we have to make tough decisions right but a lot of this stuff is really solid and we we really want to get it out there to you um you know and finishing up like for instance um again this we don't have like specific release dates or anything but if you go and you look at the rifter you know we've you know we're talking about things like um beyond the supernatural what's coming after the you know creature feature right um and we, you know, Kevin and I really think that it's important to get uh, beyond Arcanum and Tom's grotesque out there. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, um, let me see. Well, and, and, and one of the things I'm excited about is, hey, the Rifter's back, right? And we're doing it every year. And so, and we, the, this is a chance, you know, there was that question about getting paid uh, to do writing or art, right? And then if stuff that's good and that, that makes it into the Rifter, will uh sometimes make it into a a a world book or an official official book down the road as well so like there's some material from like rifter four um that is going to be in uh in our our, you know titan robotics so um that's i think that's all really exciting um beyond that um we are listening and we are paying attention we appreciate everything uh you know starter sets box sets introductory adventures um you know virtual tabletop support uh you know clean you know Updates to how information is presented to make it more usable or readable, or all these different types of things are things that we that are definitely in the forefront of our, of our minds, and we want to get to it as well. Um, so I think that um you know, for Savage Riffs fans, they're they're a little spoiled now because um for the past you know a couple of years, they've been getting tons of, of support for Savage Rifts, and now. Right, for instance, with the um, Titan Robotics, when we do the Kickstarter, we're gonna we're adding a a a, a, a a a an offering where if you back that Kickstarter, you're also gonna get the Savage Rifts conversion for the stuff in Titan Robotics, so you can immediately use it with Savage Rifts. So. That's really cool that I you know I was able to talk to Kevin, talk to uh, Shane, and you know they're both like great. That sounds awesome, and we're doing our best to support the, as many fans as we can. Um, the other thing is I'd say don't forget all the products that are out there that are really great. Um, let me show you. You know, this is we have a massive pawn set for Savage Riffs, but these are great uh, paper miniatures that you can put on your tabletop. I'm gonna I'm and gonna zoom you in here, games. right? So we've got everything from a hatchling dragon, and you know, a tattooed ogre.
0: See, and that's o- more my style because I don't do warrior.
1: miniatures because I'm too uh, theater right. of the mind. But I do use standees. Cyber knight. So the nice thing with these is, you know, uh, if you really are into minis, I totally get it. Oh, Coalition Mark Five APC from seen from top down, so you can put it on your tabletop. Um, but you know, this is one of the ways that I'm hoping we can support all riffs players mm-hmm. and all riffs players can enjoy it and you know regardless of what the system you want to use um uh the other thing that is really cool i think some fans will really enjoy is besides the the world maps which i think uh a lot of people have told me they really enjoy kevin gets a lot of positive feedback on that as well from palladium players because we're
0: making him open stuff people
1: <laughs> yeah i have i i can't remember where i put my other one um i have a few of these but um Some people might think this is pretty cool. It is a map. <clears throat> can you see that? Is that? Uh, it's, it's probably not going to work very well with my. Yeah,
0: the think, green screen um, is.
1: Uh, let me see if I can turn that off real quick.
0: We're going to see his messy bedroom now.
1: <laughs> no, I'm at work. Uh, background. I thought you lived at work. <laughs> Ah. all right so oh, what what is that so this is the entrance to an Oops. atlantean temple and the opposite side <clears throat> is the Atlantean temple okay uh you know two scale two lore um you know stuff like that uh, we have a ruined city map you know ruined cities are really hard to find um, for tabletop gaming So um, we have one of those. So I'm hoping that those things are things that everybody can enjoy. Um, And so, because the funny thing is those actually take a lot of time from me and Kevin to get all the art approvals done and the art requests done and all that kind of stuff. So, you know um, that's something that for instance, Pinnacle wanted to do. So we did it, but I I, I feel like it supports the whole hobby. Um, But yeah, those are the, those are some of the big things to be excited about. I think the Kickstarter Um, the Titan robotics kickstarter coming up in a few weeks Uh, a couple weeks is going to be something that uh, i hope everybody will will support us with um because that can really make a huge difference for us uh, moving forward and uh, making sure that we can keep again print costs as low as possible so that we don't have to raise prices it's really rough out there right now so um but yeah those are those are the big things is there anything else that you think i'd just uh, pop up a couple more questions here.
0: Are you more favoring online community content like fan pages, fan made docs, open source project, and wikis? Okay. And Mar Hawkman posted a couple of times. Are you in favor of wiki supplied documents? Uh,
1: um. So here's the deal. Like, don't reprint our stuff online, please. Um, that goes for Pinnacle or Palladium. That goes for game. I mean, we don't. No one wants their IP. Right. Reprinted online. Right. Uh, Fan conversions and stuff is fine. But, you know, um, that's I think if people, you know, Kevin uh, has come down on things before. A lot of times he's asking his lawyer, what do I do? Right. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's not because he likes to be litigious or anything like that. You You have to protect your IP, though. Well, right. Well, if I go write a book and then it's on someone's website because they copied and pasted it into it or even took hours and hours and days and days to program it in. I'm still not happy. I wrote that book. (laughs) You should buy my book. You know, it's available as PDF too. (laughs) It has a virtual tabletop support that's official right now. You know, um, if you're doing something for your own use, right, Um, that's totally fine. But uh, yeah, it's uh, if you, yeah, if, if you, yeah, if you, if this stuff happens, then, then how are we going to continue making anything right so um you know please help us out and uh now at the same time you know i'm totally down for community-centered content um i am on the savage Rifts uh forums on pinnacle entertainment groups website uh i answer the i read just about everything there i answer all the uh, official q a the savage riffs facebook group is a great community to join if you want to talk about riffs actually peter Picaro, who's joined the conversation he's one of the moderators there he doesn't even play using the Savage World system. He just likes riffs. He's just a supporter and a fan, and that's a really great positive community. Um, we do have uh, the the uh, Palladium message boards, another uh, fan group that you can go to, and they run. They also run Palladium riffs, but SavageRiffs.com. Um, there are boards and play by post, and they also organize online games. So those are a lot of ways that you can get involved and support, um, if you, especially for riffs fans. Um, on that level. But uh, yeah, the same kind of goes for, for everything else. Um, Yeah, I don't, you know, I've, I've heard people say, you know, websites with SRDs of different things. And um, that's not really a direction I'm looking to move right now for stuff. But part of that's too, because then are you giving away your core product for free? right? Right. And, you know, some people might say, oh, that makes sense. Well, yeah, I'm glad it makes sense to you. But you know, show me the dollars and cents of the company that you run that is successful with that model. Right. Um, oh, that, that's why a lot
0: of people will say things. That's one of the reasons why, like, so one of the game systems I follow is uh, I really like the Free League system. Uh, if you, oh, if you, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. so forth. And a lot of their products can have a quick start. It's And that's one of the reasons why we mentioned quick start before. So right. I can go right now and, core, and download a Coriolis quick start right. or a Forbidden Lands quick start for free. It's not going to give me the entire game but it's going to right. give me enough to know like, hmm, you know what, this is a game I want to invest. I want to buy the full product of. Uh, so, so there's, there is some benefit there for reaching out. Cause I know a lot of gamers are poor, but at the same time, man, I just just say, I know a lot of people with a lot of PDFs that they shouldn't have, which is one of the reasons that makes me hesitant to have PDFs, you know? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's tough on the business side of it when you're thinking like, OK, how many sales are these are legit sales and how many am I just going to suck up? Like I put it I put a module out there. It was for Forbidden Lands and I put it out there for free just to see I love how many
1: Lands. Well,
0: it's it's a starter model. So if you already know how to play, my module probably won't help you because it's <laughs> meant to teach people how to play the right. game and how to game master it. Right. But uh, right. it uh, uh, I put it out there for free or pay what you want. I got over 100 downloads. Only one person paid. Right and that person paid half of what, what I, what I'm selling for now, now I'm not complaining. Look, I put it out there for that. Right. I can't complain about people saying no, but that comes down to, if you remember the trove, you know, how many things
1: did people get off the trove? Like, oh, right, right, right. And I'm seeing some of the comments from Mar Hawkman. I mean, I, I think that was his original question as well. Um, you know, well, different he- ideas like paid website access crop, more crosslinks and documents. Um, you know, those are all things that definitely we have in mind. Um, and some of this is getting the momentum and hmm. the uh, monies to be able to do things like that, right? So- well, it's, it's
0: good for somebody like you who's definitely younger than me to come in there because I, I still want my physical book. I don't even allow phones or tablets on my table. Well, that's how I do my character. No, it's not. You do your character in a paper because I'm going to walk over and mark on it sometimes, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of this new stuff like, get off my lawn. But at the same time, your business, the hobby is evolving we have to look at that in, in in that fashion. Obviously, at your own pace, not at our pace, right? But those are things to definitely consider going forward. That I might not be interested in, but
1: you might get a whole new fan base in because of that. No, and and I I understand that. And here's the, here, just just to let people in on kind of the strategic side here. I mean, I think this is important. You know, Kevin and I again, we really want to fulfill a lot of promises, but we are also cognizant that just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Robotech brought a lot of us into the hobby, right. And into the Palladium books, megaverse. you know, what are the opportunities that we can, we can make or capitalize on, but you know, sometimes something comes down the road and you can capitalize on it. Right. But sometimes you need to make your own opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so whatever that is, we do want to make sure that the Palladium, you know, legacy and the system and all these things are going to be there for generations to come um you know kevin and i both are really passionate about that um and so we are working to make that happen uh but a lot of times you know like i said some of the core things is hey we need to circle back down i've had people ask about what about video games what about movies what about this and tv shows well that's not what we do. Right. And there are people that we could be spending all our time shopping around Hollywood and video game studios and calling them up. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Let's do. Would you want to do a riffs game? Run into you the Gary Gygax problem of Dungeons and Dragons? Well, but the thing is, is like that's not our core product. Our core product is is Palladium books. Right. And so we want to put out books. And the more successful we are with that, the more eyeballs we're going to get on you know and 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 offers from other people so so that's kind of our focus just again so that people can understand our larger strategy is to you know double down on the stuff that we're really good at awesome
0: well i want to put up one more comment and then i think uh i think we can end it because i don't want to waste any more of your time if you would do me a favor though if you can hang on after the fact after i close out the show folks there isn't going to be a segment three today we're not going to do the viewer call-ins um you know, we've we've gone pretty long for today. He as Omen all said, and this is like the last comment I'm gonna put up here. Sean's very generous with his time to absolutely uh both Kevin and Sean, when Kevin was here, have been amazingly generous with his time. This three hours, maybe it's because I'm used to doing eight-hour streams, but I'm like, really? This is all we're almost pushing four hours now. Are you kidding me? It does not feel like it to me. So uh you I don't think we asked anything too crazy tough, but you were willing to take on. You know, the questions that were like, hey, what's going on with this? At the same time, you told us what's going on in the future. I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, I kind of think that, you know, my side of this has been a little more chaotic than I wanted it to be. But you were well, great and, and, having and on
1: here. So please, please say hi to Heathen Dog. I'm sorry that we weren't able to chat and I didn't get to meet him today. Um, But, you know, if, if people want to come back and your community wants to get together a bunch of lore questions. Now, if it's if there are like chapter and verse type specific I see this issue, but it sounds like some of it just comes down to the dwarves in Castle Refuge aren't from Palladium Fantasy. Right. Sure. Um, right. Simple. It's very different. Right. Uh, they have not forsaken magic after their war with the elves. Right. So um, it's very different background. Right. Um, you know, um, if you understand the borders of things, but yeah, if, if people come in and they're like, hey, this is wrong, this is wrong. I'm happy to make any updates to, to correct the lore as much as possible in any Savage Rifts products. To to make sure that it's one hundred percent true to the Palladium Rifts lore. Now the games do feel very different. I totally respect anybody who likes to play with one system or the other or do anything they want in their own personal game, you know. Like so, I said, um, for me,
0: that that assuages a lot of my problems because again when I'm when I'm <laughs> I do a lot of arguing. When I'm arguing with people, uh, uh, my big thing is that, you know, like I said, people will say, oh, I can do any game in any system. And I'm like, yeah, it's not the same game. It's just, is yes, it's the same thing. Like, no, I'm sorry, but the new Free League Twilight 2000 is not the same as the, as the old Twilight 2000. It plays differently. It feels differently. Now, do I like them both? Absolutely. And you can like them both. Right. but i'm usually going to be the person that leans towards especially if it's still in print i'm going to lean towards the original i don't want to play simbrom in the 5e construct i don't want to play i don't want to play riffs in the savage worlds construct at the same time I'm not a uh, by saying that, hey, we understand that they play differently by not trying to say they're both the same thing or this one's taking over that one. I think everybody now has just choices to make. Do I want I'm a Savage Worlds fan. I'm going to play Rifts and Savage Worlds. I'm a Palladium fan. I'm going to continue to play Rifts and Palladium and everybody can have fun. Nobody's trying to take over anybody
1: else. I do both. Right. I have a great time, you know, and it's it, it is very it feels very different to me. And, you know, part of that's just how I run a game. Right. Is is very different. Um, for, especially when I run Palladium riffs, um, but um, yeah, I, I and I, I I just hope that everybody understands. You know, I'm a, I'm a Palladium fan. I know there's a lot of worries about the whole Savage Worlds thing, and please just tell your friends, post online, just if you see something, that, just let people know. Like, w- no, <laughs> we're not going to do Savage Worlds. Everything Palladium's not being bought out. Kevin's not going away, right? And even if he wasn't here. Even even once that torch is passed, um, that's not the intention at all, right? I love the palladium system. I grew up with the palladium system. I want the palladium system to be the best it can be. Um, I want the palladium books and reference material and everything associated with it to be as top notch and high quality as we can make it. So I appreciate everyone's patience and support as Kevin and I work really hard to make these and, and, and the rest of the team here, right? Alex Marcin is in, um, you know, Wayne Smith, uh, even Crystal Willard, right? In 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 just she's you know, she's in the warehouse, but that's so important because that means that we don't have to be in the warehouse, right? And people get their products, right? People get get their products. She's, she's smart. She's taking care of problems. So she's helping with customer support, right? So all these people are a great part of everything. So again, um, we really appreciate your support and we are excited about the future as well. And we are listening. Um, You know, it's just a slight shift in policy to be, you know, play our cards a little closer to the chest as um, we, 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 we approach
0: Any, any final shout-outs you want to give to either links or uh, books or, or
1: something that people can look at or if you think you've announced everything that you need to? or The big thing I would ask everybody to do, if you haven't, is go sign up on palladiumbooks.com for the weekly update. Um, that is straight from Kevin every week. He puts a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and I think it's worth it, right? And it's just uh, – you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook right and um, we're we're posting them there as well and that's just a great place to keep track of everything the other big thing is is um, I don't have the exact announced date but we are planning uh, the the Titan robotics Kickstarter will be happening this month so stay tuned. Um, Follow on those sites and we can get you uh, that information as soon as it's uh, available. The other thing I will say is that uh, Beyond the Supernatural Creature feature, um, we will be we're looking to get it printed and delivered in November sometime. Oh, thank you so much. Um, So, again. This is um, you can keep track of everything we're doing every week, Um, so keep your eyes open for that because that's coming as soon as we can get it at your local game shops ask about palladium books, we found that if they keep palladium books in stock, they will sell. and that's been a really great thing. We just learned, we saw, had a lot of great feedback at the Alliance, um, the, the Alliance trade show um, for Alliance is a big distributor um, that uh, works with Palladium. That's so how long this is, guys, like this yeah. isn't
0: like a five word email with a book in it.
1: No. And that's another thing. We relaunched the entire weapons and, um, you know, weapon series of books and reference I have book.
0: a quibble with that. All the other Palladium books in my repertoire are eight and a half by 11. I get the exotic one and it's the wrong size. And I,
1: (laughs) oh, well, the all the new ones are that size, the reprints are all that size. Oh, sorry, buddy. (laughs) Except for the um, the compendium of modern weapons, that's still eight and a half by 11. So, um, But anyways, yeah, this is the weekly update. But yeah, just stay tuned and and we just really appreciate all of your support. And also just on the Savage Worlds, uh, the Savage Rift side, I hope that you have uh, a good time with the maps that you can purchase from Pinnacle. Um, we have, uh, you know, the, uh, the upcoming, um, Kickstarter for that as well down the road. Um, not too far into the future. Um, I'm not allowed to speak dates. That's a, <laughs> that's a pinnacle, right? That's a pinnacle policy that, that I think is very shrewd. Um, but, uh, yeah, that will be coming soon. And I, I, the other thing I'll say there is, is the lines of a thousand islands is gonna be really cool because that is uh, Kevin and I worked together, you know, um, South America one and two by palladium books were released like what? 30, almost 30 years ago. Um, and they were set in 102, 103 PA. Well, the new Land of a Thousand Island book uh, is going to be set in 109 PA. So it has all the timeline and lore updates for all the factions in South America. And that's pretty dope. I think. Um, again, a lot of riffs uh, lore files really enjoy Empires of Humanity as well as Atlantis and the Demon Seas because they have some smaller updates like that. Um, but but yeah, that other one's crazy. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's all the stuff coming up. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you very much for being
0: here. Yeah. Uh, you know, well. Talk. See if maybe we can get to you and Kevin back in December if uh, if everybody's healthy. <laughs> because apparently you guys like to decide to get sick during that time or something. But uh,
1: but we've talked about possibly having you guys back uh, back then. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. Just let us know. Kevin, and I would love. We he enjoyed his interview. I've enjoyed the chat. I've enjoyed being to speak directly to the fans. Um, again, appreciate everything. We'd love to come on together.
0: And folks that were worried about this, I, I've gotten Discord messages and I've had messages in chat. This uh, video is going to go private for a short time. I'm not going to edit it. I know members. Sorry, I, I know you guys pay for your special stuff, but this is beginning to end. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hack anything off of this. There's no segment three that goes private or anything like that. I'm just going to update all the annotations of it, and then it's going to go right back on YouTube, public and live. It's it's not going to be chopped up or anything. Other than if I make some shorts or something out of it, so nobody's going to miss anything from beginning to end. You're all going to get it. I. I, I Yes, I've made that decision. I understand that some people think it might should go members only or I should only do certain parts of it. I'm not going to do that because I don't think that's fair. Uh, I'll do something specific for members uh, in a different way at some point in the future. So with that... I want to thank Sean one last time for being here. If you guys in ch- chat can quickly type in a thank you for to him as well, because he deserves it. He was here for a long time and uh, it was been an awesome conversation. I got a hundred more things I could talk about, different things we can ask, tell him about my air force career. You can tell me about his air force career, make me feel bad about mine. I could have chatted
1: uh, for an hour about the air force. Yeah, probably. Right?
0: <laughs> I mean, it takes me an hour just to tell you, tell you two incidences I had in the air force, like why I'm not a linguist. And anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and chat. You guys were were uh, generally respectful, so thank you very much. Because I know how you can get. And thank you, guys. Uh, with that, I'm gonna end the broadcast. And I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend.